This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Welcome in another edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports One for a very special occasion. We're here on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School as they are preparing for their ceremonial groundbreaking on their new football and soccer facility. That will happen at 9 a.m. But we are here on campus in Air Sports One. And yes, Lee Shervanian has broken free. He's free, ladies and gentlemen. Free Lee. Free Lee. Hashtag Free Lee. They could not contain him. He went for jury duty, and he just looked at the judge and said, Look, sir, there's some things that are just more important, like the opening kickoff. I'll see you next time. You know and what? He walked out. He just walked out. As much as you uh, fly off the wall with some of these things, you're actually not too far away from what actually happened. Now, the judge was not involved in this at all, and, I, and a, a big thank you to... I, I won't name the person, but a big thank you to the lady who was doing registration. And after 90 minutes of standing in line, 90 minutes. You ever stood in line for 90 minutes for anything? Sure. Who hadn't been to Disney World? Well, there you go. You, you don't have the pull there that others do. But at least they have that, uh, what, that moisture coming through? You know, they hey cool now. you off. Don't they do that when you went? They're kind of like air conditioning so you don't get overheated. So we're online for about 90 minutes, and I'm sure everybody who's you know, obviously been called to jury duty, he's gone through that. So I check in, and first of all, thank you to the, the lady who said, I listened to your show in the morning. That was nice. So I just, I made one comment. I said, just just for my curiosity, um, what time, if, if I was called for Wednesday, what time would the, a case start? You know, because obviously on the first day you have to report early. So... I, I just was curious because I knew I'd be out at St. Michael's, so I kind of got a ballpark figure. If I was called, what time would I have to leave here to get back to the courthouse to be ready to go? And I in no way insinuated that I wanted off. I, I was going to serve and and nothing, no, no problems. So after we talked a little bit, she said, I'm just going to dismiss you. That was it. You got away with the ladies, Lee. There's no never, question about never, it. Never got, you know what she did say, though? What's that? She said, please don't say anything negative about Auburn. So today, I, I'm definitely not. Oh, a little, she, see that bribe? Yeah, a little bribery. Well, uh, fortunate for you, uh, Auburn not in the headlines no. uh, here. As, as per WNSP protocol, all major breaking national stories tend to happen after 9 a.m. yesterday. So about 10 minutes after we got off uh, the air yesterday, the bombshell of bombshells went off. Uh, in golf. Yeah, landmark decision uh, to put it in a, in a, a tidal wave. Uh, the PGA is merging with Liv in the European Golf Tour. Okay, so boy, that looks spectacular, and it is. And and I thought about leagues that have merged, and I can only I go back to the AFL, NFL, the contentiousness between them and how they were buying and selling players and, and raiding other teams and kidnapping players and locking them in hotel rooms and trying to trying to uh, secure the rights to you know NFL players or AFL players but huge difference 
Saudi Arabia money was not involved in this. The humanitarian, the morality and all that that went down. I would have to say right now, and I don't think I could be too wrong on this, Jay Morhan may be one of the most despised people in sports these days. He is the uh, commissioner, the executive director of the PGA. This is a guy that told his clan, look, don't sign with Liv. Don't go there. It's Saudi Arabia-backed money. You know about the humanitarian atrocities that go on there. Stay with us. And then you had the bitterness for two, about a year and a half between the two. Golfers going back and forth. Um, golfers who elected to go got huge sums of money just, just for showing up, not even for playing. And an entirely different style there, only a three days instead of four days. But then you had the clan that stayed with the PGA. And, you know, basically it was us against them. Now, out of nowhere, comes this decision to merge. I think a major reason for it is because the PGA just does not want to deal, and who would, with the litigation, the, uh, the lawsuits that are going on, because they don't have the deep pockets that the Live Tour has, Mark. Yeah, so the problem now, well, there's two, there are a bunch of issues, but internally with the pga the guys that feel like they did the right thing listen to the pga commissioner are the really the ones that got screwed they they left millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars on the table and turned around and basically got screwed by their own by the, by the pga meanwhile the guys that went out there and took the money are the big winners because now they're being welcomed back essentially to the pga they're going to play in all the majors and they got all the all the money in the world for, to show for it and so i thought the pga and to some degree the live kind of pit pitted these guys against each other we talked about it for months about how guys didn't like each other and this one's saying that and this one's retaliating and now they're all being asked to come back together and 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 be this one big happy competitive family at the end of the day for all the reasons that you may or may not like to live we're still gonna watch Everybody, look, yes, the word hypocrite is being thrown out there, and rightfully so. The PGA commissioner, absolutely hypocritical. He even admitted he was a hypocrite about it. But at the end of the day, guys, are you guys are going to be watching golf now more than ever. So I understand the backlash. I understand the political uh, fallout from the Saudis and the money and all the human rights stuff. Like, I get all that. But how many of you, I guess I'm asking this question today, how many of you all are saying, I'm done with golf? Those of you that watch golf religiously, or even those that just watch the majors, how many of you are just saying, I'm done with this? My guess is it's not many of you. Yeah, you know, Mark, this is one of the very few deals that I can think of where the fans don't get screwed. Usually it's the fans get screwed. New stadiums go up, prices go up. Uh Things always seem to work against the fan, but this is actually, in the long run, the fans are going to benefit from this because now you've got live golfers who can reapply for reinstatement to the PGA Tour. So basically, you're going back to what three or four years ago when you have all the top golfers in the same tournament, albeit the majors, because they're allowed to go into the majors now. So I think this is, a, you know, for the fans' benefit, it's okay. I think the ones that are really ticked off are the PGA golfers because they gave up tremendous amounts of money to join Live Tour for the morality of it and for the sake of the PGA. 
And I just can't wait for the first time. Now, this the, the golfers in the live cannot reapply and cannot join the PGA until 2004. Can you imagine the first tournament, Mickelson and McElroy in the first group? Yeah, I mean, live wins because nobody was really watching anyway. Right. But now they're going to get a TV deal. Not that it really matters because they got, like you said, all the money in the world. Uh, the PGA takes a huge hit. The PGA players are going to be ticked off. But the live guys are ecstatic. I'm not sure what the European calls for. I'm European, not sure how they say it. I'm like not the sure. Redheaded yeah. Guys, guys, who, we're we're playing too. We're, yeah. we're, how did they get it? Here's the question, and we're going to have Tony Ruggiero coming on for just a few minutes. So, does that mean now in 2004 there's no live tournaments at all? It's all PGA? What? How does that affect this so called European tour? where they have their own golfers that pretty much, uh, you know, maybe some of them appear in the majors, but, you know, they have their own tour going on. I'm not sure how they fit into this. But this is, as usual, money, economics. Uh, PGA save a lot of litigation money uh, for live, didn't matter, deep pockets, money coming from all over the place. So it'll benefit the PGA money-wise. It should, I would think, benefit the golfers way down the road with bigger purses. Yeah. No, I... I and we already have somebody in the app saying um, he's not watching. Okay, so let's get back to me on the final day of a major uh, when you got, you know, name your favorite golfers walking down 18. Let me know if you're not watching. Yeah, I don't I, – look, I'm not a – I'm not a, a – everyday golf fan i don't watch tournaments except the majors so it doesn't matter to me right. i mean it, because in the last major we had live golfers brooks kepka right at right. the end so i'm watching i'm not going to watch some of the, the, the let's say the tournaments that don't draw that kind of interest i watch the Ryder cup obviously so obviously these golfers will be allowed to be in the Ryder cup and you know it's all going to go back to the way it was but again, the underlying or overriding factor is that with all the, as you mentioned, hypocritical Jay Moynihan really putting down the live tournament and the, the, the Saudi Arabia money, so it just, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's okay with them. Uh, sorry, I made a, someone said, no, I am watching. You asked who was going to stop watching. Yes, okay, my bad. You're going to watch uh, in the app there at WNSP.com. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're here at St. Michael's uh, throughout the course of the day. So uh, Simon Cordopassi, the uh, St. Michael's uh, co-athletic director, is going to join us at 7 o'clock. Philip Rivers is going to be in uh, Air Sports 1 at 8 o'clock. But uh, we're also going to talk uh, to Tony Ruggiero next about this live PGA thing. Uh, John Garcia in hour number one as well. And then Chris Stewart, the voice of the Crimson Tide, will be uh, on with us in hour number three. We will speak a lot to you guys at 694-1055. I think there's some other news in the world. Let's find out. Traffic, weather, and, of course, Lee's scoreboard to find out what else in the world is going on except uh, this whole PGA LIV, or LIV, live thing. Uh, Matt McCoy's in the house. The house happens to be Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP. Who were told last, what does this mean for these PGA Tour guys who were told last summer, hey, no, fellas, don't take this money. Be loyal to the tour, right? Um, that's bad money. You don't want to take that money. 
And then you wake up one Tuesday on Twitter and find out, oh, wait up, they took the money? Yeah. How, how does that work? Yeah. And I, 621, welcome back in. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee broadcasting from St. Michael Catholic High School as they prepare for their ceremonial groundbreaking on the new football and the soccer facility out here. Uh, it's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com. Uh, that is the big topic of conversation today. Live and uh, and PGA emerging. And oh, by the way, the European League too. Don't forget them. Yeah, talk about a talk about a league that feels left out, man. That that, that, that would be like uh, to me when I that would be like the NBA and the ABA when they had their merger. Oh yeah, we're gonna put the G League in there also. <laughs> they didn't have a G League back then. We got uh, guessing Tony Ruggiero. We're, we're trying to effort him. Get Tony Ruggiero uh, give us his take on this uh, a landmark decision, and he's ready to go. Tony Ruggiero from Dew Sweepers fame on Saturdays on WNSP from seven to eight, and of course, uh, locally one of the most uh, well, mostly uh, as far as training and, and getting the best expertise. He's the guy to talk to. Tony, what's your reaction to the uh, decision that came out yesterday? Well, I think like everybody. Uh, and heard the news yesterday in the golf world. I think everybody was shocked, surprised, or shocked. Uh, um, I was texting yesterday with Rex Hoggard from the Golf Channel, and you know, I, he he said something that I mean that I'd agree with. That like I think everybody in the golf world that was pretty fair and not partisan figured we were going to get to this point at some point. At some point, I mean, I think that with Brooks playing so well and. And the landscape haven't changed over the last four, five, six months. I mean, you know, I think everybody thought we'd have to, they'd have to figure out a way to coexist, but I don't think anybody thought that it was going to be this soon. Um, you know, but, uh, but I think it's good for golf. I think there's a lot of questions to be answered. It's going to be, you know, I've got guys that play both sides of the deal. So, uh, you know, how they go from here is going to be interesting to see. My, my guess is they don't really know yet. I think they did this partnership and this deal uh, to get the – I think it was probably more a reaction to legal stuff and stopping those lawsuits and the discovery, which I think was very hurtful for the PGA Tour. Uh, they didn't want their books opened, and they didn't want that type of stuff to come out. So, you know, uh, I think that we'll, we'll know a lot more in the details as they start. They start uh, sifting through them over the next few weeks. I would imagine U.S. Open next week, and that's obviously going to be a big part of the talk. My first question, and it may may be too soon to ask this. So in the year 2024, do all three European PGA and Liv still have their own tours, or do they combine? That's what nobody really seems to know. You know, obviously Liv's going to play the rest of this year. I, I, I you know, there's people saying both sides. I, I don't. There's no real answer yet. I think they're going to keep. I think the Live Tour will keep playing. I think what Live wanted was a seat at the table when it comes to, you know, the rules and the fairness and how and world ranking and all that stuff. And, and I mean, I think in the end, what the Saudis were wanting to were to be a player in the game and to have relevance and. Um, you know, I think they achieved that. And so I think that uh, uh, I think they're all operating. I think you'll get to a point. I mean, this, I mean, this is just pure conjecture. But, you know, I think they'll get where you're going to have the ability for some of the top players in the world that did play live, the 
Bryson's and the Brooks's and stuff like that to get world ranking points, but also be able to play some select tour events uh, if they're eligible, create eligibility systems and and rankings to where players can earn their way into majors and earn their way into other big events and so forth. You know, I think you know, I think that's probably where they'll start. That would be my my gut feeling. Um, I don't think that Liv is just going to totally go away. But, I mean, heck, I know about as much as anybody on, on what's really, really going on. I think the biggest surprise of the whole ordeal was, you know, how little the fact like Rory and Tiger apparently didn't know until it came out um, or shortly right before. You know, apparently Greg Norman didn't know till right before. Uh, uh, and most and all the PGA Tour players didn't know until it hit Twitter. So, Tony Rosero with us here on WNSP for another couple minutes. So, it, it, the biggest loser in all this has got to be the PGA golfer that 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 followed the status quo in the in on the tour and didn't take Saudi money, right? Because uh, he's the guy that was probably uh, he missed out financially. The big winner is Live and essentially the the guy that went and played the Live Tour, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that you know you've got a handful of guys. They could have certainly, Rory being one of them, Rom, Justin Thomas, those guys, Scheffler, that uh, Patrick Cantlay, that could have made hundreds of millions of dollars by leaving, right? Um, I think beyond that, personally, the rank and file PGA Tour players, there weren't as many, there weren't many opportunities for them to leave. Okay, yeah. uh, I mean, there, you know, especially after some of the bigger names. So. Uh, I don't know that those guys necessarily lost the opportunity to make money now, or, or lost the opportunity it would live. But what and what shouldn't be lost in this is that every PGA Tour player has had the opportunity to make a ton more money over the last year because purses have gone up, these elevated events, the money's insane, uh, and now with the Saudi investment into it and the global world tour which it looks like it's going to become there's just a ton more money to play out there so if you're really good at it and you know uh, uh you got the opportunity to make more and i and i think that also it's uh you know i mean look i think the pga tour players uh, a group of them in particular were trying to get more towards what like nba players nfl players etc do which is have more control over uh what's going on as well as you know, get, not have weeks. Uh, PGA Tour players could go miss the cut and lose five, six, seven thousand dollars for the week. I mean, an NBA player doesn't travel to a game and not get to play and not get paid for that game and have to pay all those expenses. So, you know, I think that I think that in the end, I think in the end, I think all the players actually win. Now, there's going to be a lot of feelings to mend and and. There's a lot to sift through and figure out. But I think in the end, actually, the PGA Tour player and professional golfers come out way ahead because I think it's forced the PGA Tour to make some changes that are that they've had to do that are way in the benefit of the player. Tony, can't thank you enough, man. Appreciate it. We'll get back at you soon. Uh, we'll talk. All next. right, guys. U.S. Open next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yep. John Garcia is next. Uh, we're at St. Michael's Catholic High School in Air Sports 1. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us.
know, the whole idea is, you know, we, we, we want to provide information based on our experience so that maybe people that are involved in Congress, House, Senate, both, you know, sort of have an idea um, of, you know, what the issues really are and how it can impact and affect college football in the future. Hey, it's 6.32 on this Wednesday edition. Thanks for making us part of your morning. That was Alabama coach Nick Saban as he, Greg Sankey, and an SEC contingent head to Washington to lobby Congress for some NIL regulation. I'm Mark Heim. That's Lee Trevanian. We're in Air Sports 1. We're broadcasting from St. Michael Catholic High School as they prepare for their um, ground ceremonial groundbreaking for the football and soccer facility. Uh, Philip Rivers, the coach here at St. Michael, will join us at 8 o'clock. Yeah, that uh, to conjure up memories of a movie because that's your specialty. Wasn't there a movie called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? So now we have Mr. Saban. Uh, goes to Washington. We'll see what effect they have. They want to try to educate the uh, Congress people on NIL and so forth. I want to educate our audience on what's going on as far as player movement, high school, colleges. Who better than John Garcia now with 24-7? John, again, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Uh, good morning. Doing well. How about you guys? Update us on K.J. Lacey. We had him on the air on Monday. Where does he stand among quarterbacks in that class of, let's see, it'd be 2025 coming out. He still has two more years to go. He decided to cast his lot with Texas. Were you surprised by this at all, or did you expect to see this coming? I was surprised. I think a lot of people were. Obviously, uh, the top quarterback in Alabama for the class of 2025, so the rising junior class, a bunch of offers. I think he just dropped his top group of schools like a week before committing to Texas, and it was a big group. It was like nine schools led by Alabama. Auburn was in there, uh, very traditionally SEC-heavy. Uh, Texas, of course, was a part of it. So, um, you know, you expected it to drag out a little bit more, and, and really you expected Alabama to be the main player all the way through the end of the process. And that might still be true, but committing to Texas a week later, I think, was a big surprise to a lot of folks involved uh, in the business. Uh, but Lacey warrants that type of attention. You know, he's a guy who, for us, is going to move up uh, and challenge for the number one quarterback in the country for the class of 2025. He's got a lot of traits, as, as your audience well knows. Uh, he's modern, he's mobile. He's confident. He takes risks. He can push the ball down the field. Uh, state champion, obviously, a guy who just fits a lot of the modern requisites for the position. So um, I think you know this commitment in particular puts a little more onus on Steve Sarkeesian to go, you know, Arch Manning in the class of 23. Um, they, they have an in-state commitment for 2024 right now, and then to go KJ Lacey in 2025. You can start to make the conversation that. You know, Steve Sarkeesian is, is the best quarterback recruiter in the country, at least recently. Uh, and I think Lacey puts that stamp on it because it's one thing to go into Louisiana while, you know, the Tigers are under transition. It's another thing to go into Alabama when everybody knows, you know, Nick Saban, who you just brought up, really wants K.J. Lacey on his roster. So a huge get. Uh, but I was surprised, especially with the timing. John, setting aside some of the alpha schools, I guess your IMG Academy, schools that are basically known for, you know, football, I, I don't know 
modern day maybe or they were is there are there many schools like sarah land that have so many players being courted by recruiters and i'm talking about some of your elite schools it seems like every other day there's a sarah land player either committing or listing some some major schools to attend yeah, what's interesting about Sarah Land, too, is a lot of them are young, right? It's a lot of underclassmen, class of 2025, 2026 recruits are now starting to get attention there. So, no, there's not a lot of schools like that that have a state championship on their resume and bring back, you know, a roster that we assume is going to be hard to beat for multiple years. It's just not very common. You usually see these programs apex with a bunch of seniors, and then it, it, there's a bit of a reset or, a, you know, come back down to, to average after that. But, yeah, Sarah Land, I, I think in the 251 right now is, is sort of the program. We, we always see, I guess, kind of like runs in, in the Mobile area. Obviously, St. Paul's a decade ago was, was rattling off, you know, title after title. We saw Spanish Fort, you know, get into that conversation and, and several other programs have had great players, but I think right now, yeah, in that area, Sarah Land is is sort of stop one for these colleges. Uh, You you have, obviously, the reigning Mr. Football, Ryan Williams, Lacey, who we just talked about. Um, I I saw Antonio Coleman just pick up a bunch of scholarship offers. I think Auburn and Texas just moved in on him. He's another class of 2025 recruit. So I think the combination of already having accomplished so much, yet having guys with multiple seasons of of high school still to play at, at a high level, level is very fascinating and quite rare, especially in Alabama. So, yeah, Fairland is definitely a program that's going to have a lot of expectations over the next several years, and, and colleges have absolutely taken notice. Talking with John Garcia 24-7 recruiting, besides Sterling Dixon out at Mobile Christian, and that's been well documented, are there any other rising seniors that are getting that kind of attention in and around the Mobile area? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's sort of all crescendoing at the right time. I mean, I think a, a prospect who uh, came across my desk a couple weeks ago is, is starting to get a lot of SEC uh, attention. It's Miles Adams from Promaton. Uh, he's a kid who came out playing basketball, started on the offensive line, and now he's playing defensive line at 6'5", 275. Uh, Texas Tech just offered him and hosted him for an official visit. Georgia, Auburn, LSU have all been by and are, are sort of keeping tabs on him as a raw prospect in the class of 2024. So Miles Adams is, is the newest name to keep an eye on as, as a two-way lineman. Everybody needs an athletic defensive lineman who can play inside and, and rush the passer, and I think Miles Adams is getting that type of attention down there. So spring football always brings new names to the table, and, and he's the newest one to keep an eye on. Some folks think he might commit here soon, but I know uh, he's, he's trying to get to Auburn and LSU for some camps to see if he could hit that next level uh, from his you know scholarship offer standpoint. Uh, so that's the beauty of this time of year, you know, spring football in May, and then in June, uh, prospect camps at the colleges where kids can quite literally go there and, and, and burst onto a school's radar and, and earn a scholarship offer even. So over the weekend, Alabama got a couple of verbals, and one that I want you to talk about, or actually both of them, the offensive lineman and also the running back, Rodgers, if you could update us on them. Well, yeah, uh, Turbo Rogers, Anthony Rogers is uh, an Alabama native. Uh, he was at Pike Road uh, the last couple of years, backing up uh, Quinshawn Judkins. 
but he's so talented in the class of 2025 that he took carries away from, from Judkins. And when Judkins was on the field with him, they split him out at receiver and, and let him do his thing there. So naturally, when your nickname is Turbo, you, you got some wheels, and, and that's something Alabama has, of course, uh, always coveted. Um, and, and it didn't really slow down, even though Rogers left the state and, and went down to IMG Academy in Florida. If anything, Alabama increased its efforts once uh, he left uh, the Montgomery area. So a huge get for Alabama head-to-head with Georgia. Uh, Florida was in there. Auburn, of course, was in there for the Montgomery native as well. So a really high-profile win for Alabama, which extends their pipeline at IMG Academy, and you look at the uh, Tyler Bookers of the world, J.C. Latham, Evan Neal, Ja'Cory Brooks. I mean, there's been a lot of IMG talent to, to matriculate up to Tuscaloosa, and then Rogers will be uh, the next example of that, uh, again, in the class of 25. And then in 2024, so a rising senior, um, uh, another Floridian in Central Florida, um, went to camp and earned it. Like we just talked about the possibility with Miles Adams, Joseph Vianata out of Clearwater uh, went to camp, and uh, every indication is that he crushed it because Alabama offered, and he basically committed on the spot. So a huge uh, change in his recruitment. Uh, he was pegged as a Miami versus Florida type of recruit uh, in the Clearwater area. Uh, and obviously, goes to Bama, gets that offer, and he told us, you know, everything changed. You know, it just threw a wrench in his entire recruitment, and he didn't. Um, he didn't know he was going to make that move if he got the offer, but you know when when Nick Saban presents it, it creates something a little different uh, in terms of recruiting. So that power, that um, shock and awe, of, and the weight of that offer still uh, carries as much uh, for, for these youngsters, even though uh, you know a lot of other programs feel like they're catching up. Uh, to Alabama, so Yanata is a good example of that, and he's versatile. He can play. He plays tackle on Friday nights. Probably moves inside once he gets to Alabama there for good. So Alabama definitely picking things up in, in multiple recruiting classes, to the surprise of a few. I I, I believe I, if I read correctly, John, and if I didn't correct me on this, that a linebacker, five-star linebacker, Sammy Brown, uh, verbally committed to Clemson, but he's from Georgia. Is it possible that that Kirby Smart doesn't get every five-star athlete in the state of Georgia? Is this <laughs> uncommon for this to happen? How would, how did he miss out on him? Yeah, you know, look, the Atlanta area and and beyond is is such a a deep area relative to talent uh, that every single school in the SEC, ACC, and well beyond is is going to recruit it pretty heavily. But yeah, I think when you talk about a five-star. On defense, you really assume Georgia's in the driver's seat. And I think a week ago, that was still the conversation with Sammy Brown. But again, you're also getting official visits this time of year. And that Clemson culture is not for everybody. But for the the people who align with Dabo Sweeney, when you get there and really take it all in and and an official visit you you bring mom you bring dad your 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 coach your girlfriend whoever it is that that can come with you on the school's dime it can really change things in a hurry and coming out of that clemson visit the buzz was not only had the tigers maybe pulled even with georgia but potentially ahead and obviously that was the case 
as Brown picked Clemson over Georgia. Um, but look, Clemson, Alabama, I mean, Ohio State, these are the teams that have always been able to go in there and at least compete, if not pull out great talent. And obviously you can go down the list of Clemson legends and you go to, you know, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. There's a lot of, of Georgia natives uh, that occupy those spots. So Clemson has sort of been there and done that, but it is still surprising to see it on defense in particular because Georgia has been recruiting, developing, and, and getting those guys drafted about as, as well or better than any school in the country. And obviously they're coming off back-to-back national titles. So it was a little bit surprising, but Clemson was, was in the ball game for a long time with Brown as you know 1A or 1B. So uh, they've always been in the mix, uh, and obviously it paid off with that official visit and the timing of a first, you know, that first official visit of the month of June, which a lot of programs want to, to push into that position because it, you're able to present something different, um, you know, relative to the other schools on the list. And a lot of kids this past weekend took that first official visit, fell in love, and decided to end the process. So uh, Brown was, was about the biggest one to do so. So uh, Clemson's not dead just yet, even though, you know, they haven't quite been at the mountaintop over the last few years. John, we're broadcasting today from St. Michael High School, the Catholic school out in Fairhope, and Philip Rivers is the head coach, and he'll actually be joining us in about an hour and a half. But I wanted to ask you, and I'm probably off base on this, but were you were you doing this recruiting stuff like 17 or years ago when he came out of high school? <laughs> were you are you were you around when he, I, huh? I was not. Uh, I know okay. you know. I know he went to Athens up up in yeah. two five six. Uh, but I wasn't covering it professionally uh, at that time, no. I was just curious where you would have had Philip on the uh, star rating, you know, as far as uh, when he was coming Honestly, out. Probably lower, lower than, than he deserved, you know. You know, big, not as mobile, but funky motion, although, my gosh, he embraced it and, and ran with it, obviously, for, for a long time at the highest level. Um, but, yeah, he, you know, he was obviously extremely coveted. Uh, coming out of Athens High School, but in terms of this day and age and how, I guess, nitpicky we get in the business, I think he would have been a guy that was easier to peg down, even though he was, um, you know, extremely productive and, and kind of the big physical classic profile of the quarterback. Now we're looking for more K.J. Lacey type, six foot, six one, one eighty, run around a little bit more and, and really uh, wow on the move as much as you do in the pocket. So, um, obviously it was a different time for Rivers, but yeah, I think he would have been, uh, you know, beyond the number one quarterback in the country, So, um, which means we would have got it wrong, but that's the beauty of it. Hey, John, we thank you so much for coming aboard. By the way, speaking of Rivers, you might want to keep that name in your back pocket because um, uh, we're thinking his uh, there might be a Rivers coming up here in the next uh, year or so that's going to wind up uh, being on your radar pretty, uh, yep. pretty prominently. Yeah, that'll be a whole different conversation for sure. Uh, and good yeah. luck to, to all of his children because that pressure will be uh, something interesting to behold. But, yeah, we'll keep it in mind for sure. Hey, uh, tell everybody how they can continue to follow your coverage. Yeah, real simple. John Garcia underscore JR across all social media. And, uh, yeah, give Rivals.com a try. Three seven-day trials are available uh, regardless of your favorite team site. And uh, there's even better promotions going on the rest of this month. So check us out, Rivals.com. Thanks, John. We appreciate the time. Take care, guys. All right, when we come back, uh, Roy Hudson's going to join us. We mentioned at the start of the segment that uh, Nick Saban is up in Washington along with Greg Sankey and some others. Interesting. Uh, 
Nick spoke yesterday about what the goal was, and he used words that start usually incite some pretty strong emotions down here, specifically with high school athletics. But he used the words, Lee, competitive balance. Ooh, I haven't heard that for at least yeah, a day. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up here in a little bit. We're out here at St. Michael's Catholic High School for their uh, groundbreaking for their football and their soccer facilities. Uh, we will be joined by the AD here at 7 o'clock and, of course, Philip Rivers at 8 o'clock. We'll also talk to you coming up next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSP. RC grounded, and it's going to get into center field, and the Braves are going to take the lead. All right, wrapping up hour number one of our three-hour edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee broadcasting from Air Sports 1. We're at St. Michael Catholic High School uh, in preparation for today's ceremonial groundbreaking of their football and their soccer facilities. Uh, that's today at 9 a.m., Lee. Video clip we just heard, uh, R.C. is single, drove in the go-ahead run. The Braves in midst, uh, game one of a three-game series, won by the Braves 6-4. to four. They had fallen behind 4-1. to one. But I was so looking forward to seeing this game last night. And then we were watching, we're binging on another uh, show, and my wife wanted to continue doing it. And I said, no, I want to watch the Braves and the uh, Mets. Then I saw they were in a rain delay for like 90 minutes, so I didn't even get to see most of that game. And obviously listening to Matt tell me about the bad weather in Atlanta, which derailed him coming in, you know, with uh, flights and so forth. So we all didn't benefit from that uh, delay. One thing we do benefit from is Roy Hudson from uh, Community Bank joining us. Roy, I welcome you to the opening kickoff. We're at St. Michael's High School. Good morning. How are you today? Doing well this morning. Man, it sounds exciting over there for them. I know they started a few years back and now about to break ground on a great facility. I know the one over here at the lip for the, the Catholic school on this side is fantastic, and I anticipate that one over there will be the same way. So very exciting for those guys. You know, the, the, the huge story, as you know, you're a golf fan. you got Liv, and, and now they're siding with their emerging PGA and the European world thing. And it's not uncommon to see banks merging, but right now, the way I look at Community Bank, you stand alone, right? Oh, that's correct. Yeah, no, no plans right now to merge with anybody. We we have it uh, going so well for us. You know, we're helping a lot of people out there. It's just the way that we deliver things, uh, how we how we do our service, how we uh, have our products and services, uh, what we offer, and how we present it. Yeah, there's no plans to uh, to merge right now with anybody. Tell me why uh, people should uh, bank with a community bank. You know, we, we say it all the time, Lee, it starts with our people, and we have a staff of just some extremely experienced bankers, and I think that makes a difference. And the other thing is we do all the decision-making here local. We don't have to send it off to a, a different destination. We get together here and, and make the decision and get the, the decision back to the customer quick, and I think that just makes a tremendous difference and it helps us in our growth. You know, Roy, I like having you in this 6 o'clock hour because usually at the 7 o'clock hour, many times you have meetings coming up, so we always know you'll be available before 7. I tell you, it's, uh, it's been busy and it's been good and uh, exciting times right now, even with these uh, high interest rates. And speaking of interest rates, you know, we've got a Fed meeting next week, so hopefully we'll leave these along and 
people can continue to do what they're doing with purchasing some stuff over at the beach and uh, building new buildings and stuff like that. Hey, we really appreciate it, Roy. Have a great day. Thanks. All right, y'all enjoy y'all's day. That's Roy Hudson of Community Bank. Uh, so obviously a lot of talk today about the uh, Live and the PGA. I think in the grand scheme of things, and we talked to Tony Rosero earlier today, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings. That w The word hypocrite is going to be trending today across the world, right, because that's the only way you can really describe uh, the PGA um, and, and, and their commissioner. But, but politics aside, golf is better today than it was, you know, 24 hours ago, right? It absolutely is, and, and I think the fans benefit more from this because usually it's the fans who get screwed around. Whenever you have stories like this coming out, the, the fans are always put on the back burner and, oh, yeah, you know, something, you know like new stadiums, this and that, and, and it usually costs the fans more, but not in this case because they'll get to see the best golfers uh, competing week in and week out. And, again, for peripheral fans like me you know the majors it wasn't going to be a big deal because live golfers were now in the majors so nothing's going to change there i think the purse is in the long run once the feelings are set aside and in many cases it may not some of the golfers may never you know let this they, uh they, they, they have a legit reason to be oh, of course furious. they do Absolutely. yeah they do because they they bonded together they stayed in the pga they they didn't run for the money they didn't go uh throw their cells at the live Saudi Arabia backed money and you know the the, the PGA well was ecstatic about this because they didn't want to lose all these great golfers to the live tournament like your Dustin Johnson's and Kepka went over and got millions and millions of dollars so they gave up a lot of money and I don't know if they'll ever ever get over that but there will be some golfers the new wave of golfers coming in who's not really affected by this in five years from now we're going to look back on this and say it was a great thing for golf yeah and i know a lot of people are talking about the politics of it all and the saudi money and the history there and human rights and i understand all of it i i i, I get it but at the end of the day i don't think this impacts fans at all in a negative way i think there'll be this there'll be this natural kind of uh outcry about it for the next two or three days or whatever it is but when the golf gets started and they're in full swing if you pardon that pun and and you know all the details are worked out i think i think people will continue to watch i don't think there's going to be a a large group of people that say i'm never watching golf again uh, i think this is just kind of the way of the world and money talks you know we can sit here and we can talk about our, our morals and all that but at the end of the day as deep as the pockets are for the PGA, live pockets are so much deeper. You know, you know who loses out on this? The attorneys, because now all the litigation is washed away. Uh, this this merger wipes away all the uh, litigation that was on the books. All right, hour number one is in the books. Hour number two on the way. Broadcasting from St. Michael here in Air Sports One, the groundbreaking ceremony. Coming up in just two hours. We're going to talk about it next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. Hour number two here on a Wednesday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee, we're at Air Sports One. Lee, we're on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School. And to my way of thinking, what a great place to be. The weather is outstanding. They're ready for their groundbreaking. I found it today without any major interruptions. Eh, I missed one turn, but hey, compared to my track record, that's not bad. Um, Headlines. We've been talking a lot about the merger, a landmark decision with um, PGA merging with Liv and the European Golf Tour. How did that get in there? Don't know. But yeah. a lot of uh, talk about this, a hypocritical part on Jay Monahan, who has been very bitter towards Liv and the golfers who stay with PGA. Uh, Obviously, the litigation involved in this had a lot to do with it, as the PGA has money but not enough to compete with the uh, deep pockets of the Saudi Arabian back tour. So that's one headline. The other, and we'll talk to Chris Stewart about this at 8.30, the voice of Alabama baseball. Their first game in the Super Regionals is scheduled for 11 a.m. this coming Saturday. It'll be televised by ESPN. They go against the number one seed, uh, Wake Forest. Now it's time to play Simon Says. <laughs> Ready for this? There we go. Yeah, we've got the uh, co-athletic director. This guy's defensive coordinator, former baseball coach at St. Michael's, Simon Cardipassi. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for coming, Hey, guys. thanks for initiating this and with the uh, help of Mark to get us out here. Uh, first things first, groundbreaking today. We've had a lot of talk about groundbreaking stadiums in Mobile. Tell us about the one that's going to, well, you've got the ground, you've got the bulldozers out here. When is this stadium going to be ready and what kind of capacity yeah so uh we 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 obviously have broken ground uh around may 1st and uh and now we are you know we're doing a ceremony just so you know it's publicly announced and everything um when it's done so the field with lights will be done this september october um we felt like it was extremely important to go ahead and break ground get it going spend the money that we have because part of our issue is we have surrounding neighborhoods that will eventually move in. So we want to get the lights up so we're not competing with those neighborhoods and, and having residential issues. Um, from that point on, a lot of it is based on, you know, how much money comes in from our donors, which we're very optimistic. Um, you know, this, this school is still very young, seven years old, eight years old. Um, and, you know, and our donors have been behind us, you know, our community has. And, and we feel like they'll continue to support um, so long story short, optimistically, we hope that we're playing in August of 24 here. Um, now that's going to take that's going to take some some money to come in, uh, but but we are you know we're hopeful. What uh, from a capacity standpoint, what do you what are you hoping for? What are you looking at? Yeah, so you know we we're having to research all that through the state, and and for a 4A school, you have to have a capacity of around 4,000 to host a playoff game um, to get you know. In that 5A, 6A range, you have to have a capacity of 4,500. So it'll be in that range, you know, somewhere in that 4,000 to 4,500. Because you, you want it to be big enough so that you can grow as a community. Correct. But you don't want, you don't want it to swallow your your fans and 
the, there's no doubt the enormity no of doubt. your game from week to week. Yeah, right? and, and so that's it's a some, moving target. That's some of it that we've researched too. Is is kind of like, hey, what's the exact, what's the exact bleacher model, for yeah. example, that we go with? Can we can we build this now and add to it eventually? You know, there, there's a lot of options there. As we, sure. Philip and I, we, uh, we we've been laughing about it, but but we've learned a heck of a lot about bleachers. You, there's there's far <laughs> more than you can ever imagine there. I mean, it's it's crazy. Chairback seats, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there'll be uh-huh. some chairback seats. Chairback yeah, yeah. seats, no doubt. So, and we talked about this off the air. You got so much land out here now. The the, the football stadium is going to be different than the soccer stadium, or is it a combination? Combination. Okay, combination. so you're not going to have two different fields then. No, they're they're the football soccer stadium is together. Our track will that will come later, but that will be its own existing field. It will not surround the football stadium. So you're going to take down the beautiful cornfields out here. The beautiful cornfields will go. They will go. <laughs> they will. You know what you ought to do is put a baseball stadium out there. Then we're talking. So baseball, softball will come as well. Uh, that'll be over here to the right. I know we're on the radio, so, so yeah, it's yeah, tough. I know radio it's tough vision. for people I call it to radio see. Vision. Yeah, 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 radio vision. That'll that'll be in the uh, in the north north corner of the yeah uh, lee was talking field. he's got this whole field of dreams thing yes. set up for you. you really need to bring him on as a as a consultant here. yeah your pr consignment come on you're a baseball coach put a baseball <laughs> field out there and you got it made you'll be the talk of this state the field of dreams who cares about iowa yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get them we uh we may have to do some photo shoots with our kids coming out in their uniforms and yeah. all that stuff walking walking through the cornfields so obviously with the stadium not ready until at least 2024 games still be playing home games at fairhope municipal stadium which is a beautiful sight, by the way. It's unbelievable, and the city of Fairhope and, and Pat White and all those guys have been unbelievable to us. What kind of surface for your stadium here? Uh, artificial or grass? So we decided to go grass. Um, we, we we went back and forth on it. Um, you know, it just there's nothing better than a than a great grass surface, and and you know it's it's going to be one of the nicest in the county. With all the room you have out here, we also have a practice field down the road. Is that in the uh, works? Yeah. So right here we have three. This is three existing practice fields. Uh, there are plans that there could be a fourth and a fifth added. And then when the track is built, that'll be another field as well. So space space is no issue. We can we can build. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're, obviously you can build out. Are we going to build up? Are we going to do indoor practice facility? Uh, they're, they're not right now. Not right now. There, there, is a, there is an open space that is set for, hey, whatever future needs we need. But, but this but is, in, in all seriousness, I mean, this is the fun part, right, is the talking about, hey, look yeah. at all the things we can do here. And there's very few places in the state, maybe even in the southeast, where you can where you can have those conversations. No, there's no doubt. And, and it's awesome because we are building it from the ground up. You yeah. know, there is no, hey, we have to repair this or we have to uh, – we have to build off of this, whatever was built 50 years ago. You know, I know a lot of people are battling that. Our battle is, is where do we go? You know, there's so many different options. There's so many different things. And, and so it takes a lot of time going back to, you know, the, the bleachers conversation. I mean, that, that's been a month-long ordeal. Where do you of, get them from? Where do the bleachers There's come companies in? out of Tampa, Galveston. I mean, they're everywhere. North Carolina. Um, shoot, we've talked to five or six different companies of, of – all these different deals you can go through. So it's, but it is a lot of fun because there's, there's, you get to see a lot of options. You start looking at hundreds of high schools across the country. It's, it's a pretty cool deal. What does Philip bring to the table, having played NFL and college ball, as far as a high school stadium? You know, he, to be honest with you, yes, he he played at the highest level and he loves it and all that. But he he actually really seems to like the old school 
high school football field. That's, you know, he, he does. Um, and he's always said that. You know, he's been very open about those were some of his best days of football, going back to playing for his dad and everything. Um, so, it, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't need anything absurd, but we, we are going to put out a high-quality, very nice facility. No retractable roofs or anything no, like no that? No retractable roofs, no. Not yet. <laughs> not, 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 I was wondering if, from SoFi, uh, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles if he was bringing <laughs> any ideas from there. No, not, not quite there yet. Not quite there. So, Simon, before we let you go, obviously big day for you guys starting at 9 a.m. today. But tell us a little bit about what's going on here. I know we're talking about the future, but talk a little bit about the present, what's going on athletically uh, here with all the programs here at St. Michael. Yeah, it's going good. Uh, summer's a big time, obviously, for high school athletics. Um, all your teams are working, you know, three to four days a week. And uh, we just we wrapped up spring. Um, we had four or five guys sign college scholarships for football. Um, you know, our soccer programs had a big year. Uh, I think our boys made it to the second round. Our girls made it to the uh, state championship, and they, they lost in PKs. That was a tough loss. But, um, you know, ba baseball was young, but they're coming along. And uh, right now this week is our, our first week of, we call it Camp Cardinal. Um, we're bringing on all, you know, I think it's second through sixth graders on campus. Uh, for example, we'll have 50 to 60 little football campers today at the groundbreaking ceremony. Um, that's going to be the first 30 minutes of camp today. We want them to, we want them to see – you know what the future is going to be like what they're going to play on eventually so it's busy it's busy but it's good down the road you mentioned wrestling is in the offering you're going to yeah. have that coming up and maybe other sports too or yeah so we're going to offer wrestling um that'll be our 22nd varsity program that we offer this year and, and that'll that'll pretty much wrap it up um and that's we're excited about that so so we're we're in the hunt for a uh, for a wrestling coach and uh and we have, you know, we got 10 to 15 kids that are really excited about it. Normally, when, and, and I go back a ways, obviously, with wrestling coaches, but usually they also doubled up as assistant football coaches. That's not, you know, it, no, it, Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, some of it's just, we, we just finalized it about a month ago, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll find the, the best option out there for a coach. So. Well, we appreciate you having us out here. It's exciting times here at St. Yep. Michael. Congratulations on the groundbreaking. And, of course, we'll be around here till 9, and then that's when the ceremony takes place. But uh, uh, we'll certainly uh, we appreciate you having us out. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. All right, here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, and your weather. Uh, and we continue here uh, with a little Chick-fil-A next right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. Here on a Wednesday, we're at St. Michael's for the uh, groundbreaking today at 9 a.m. on the uh, football facility and soccer field. What do you got for the fine folks here uh, today on the Chick-fil-A? Well, a baseball trade that kind of went under the radar during the offseason. The uh, Minnesota Twins traded Luis Arizia. He led the league in hitting, the American League in hitting last year, Mark, and he was traded to the Marlins. Through 62 games with two hits yesterday, Arizia has raised his batting average to 401. Now, most anybody who follows baseball knows that Major League Baseball has not had a 400 hitter for the whole year since Ted Williams in 1941. 
My question today for the Chick-fil-A, through 62 games, who was the last major leaguer that was hitting over 400? Arizia now at 401 through 62 games. Through 62 games, name the last major leaguer that was hitting over 400 at this stage of the season. All right, 694-1055, and the Chick-fil-A is yours, courtesy of WNSP. Uh, meanwhile, you guys can also jump in at 694-1055. I've got a couple of open segments here so we can really get into this uh, live PGA stuff. And, of course, we'll get into Saban and the words competitive balance. You know, we talked about this, uh, how some of the PGA golfers were shocked. They yeah. didn't know. They, they found out on Twitter. They had no idea. How about Greg Norman, the face of Live Golf? He didn't even know about it. Yeah. He didn't know about it until the announcement was made. Well, I think the biggest problem, and we talked about, yeah, that that's one of the issues is that nobody was aware of any of this going on. So I guess to some degree, kudos to the powers that be to keep that under wraps in a world where everybody knows everything as soon as it happens. Uh, they kept it under wraps really well. The word hypocrite been used a lot, and rightfully so. Uh, I, th I think the biggest PR backlash the PGA is, is, is taking right now is the fact that they did exactly what they were telling their golfers not to do, Lee, right? So when this whole thing happened a year ago, whenever it was, two years ago, they were saying, don't take the money, don't take the blood money. Uh, the PGA is this prestigious event, you know, uh, this association, and, uh, you know, you're going to play in all the premier events, and it's the best of the best. Don't take the money. Be loyal to us. And then what happens is those guys uh, that, were, that, that did exactly that, they're the ones that they basically got screwed by their own association because they went out and did exactly what they told their guys not to do. Actually, that's exactly right. So, okay, down the road, you know, Mark and I agreed on this. That's going to benefit golf down the road, right? In the short term, maybe not. But in the long term, it will because you're not going to have all this contentiousness and bitterness going on between the two. And you'll get the best golfers in the world competing in the same tournaments uh, other than the majors. But there's some other things, uh, factors here, too. And I'm curious about because any any issue like this raises questions. And we talked to Donnie Ruggiero, and I, I don't know the answer. And he does it. Nobody knows. Are they still going to have separate tours? In other words, will the PGA have their own tour? Will live continue? Obviously, the European golf. They have their own tour, so, or are they going to combine forces uh, to one major global tour? I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but the protests over Saudi Arabia-funded money may get worse, Mark, because they've got the deep pockets, so purses are going to probably go up, but it's, a lot of it's going to come from Saudi Arabia, I'm sure. That the the, the well, funding yeah. the funding because the PGA's got money but not not like Saudi Arabia, so you're going to have a lot more let's say funding behind the scenes or under the radar Saudi Arabia money. And whereas we've had live tour protests, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a few at least in the beginning from yeah. groups uh, the human rights groups coming out and protesting. That I I'm pretty sure will happen. Now I will say that. Uh, PGR, PGA players did reap some benefits, right? We talk about how a competitive market makes everything better. I mean, the purses did go up for the PGA in response to Liv. It wasn't anywhere near what Liv was making, but it forced the PGA to up the ante a little bit. So guys did see some uh, some positive from Liv coming out and, and, and playing uh, hardball. With that said... Um, the, the big winners right now are Liv, 
and the guys that went on the live tour because they're going to get the best of both worlds. Now we had an interesting we had an interesting question in the app, which is so they they get to apply to to rejoin the PGA. Will the PGA welcome them all back with open arms, or do they deny those? Do they no, deny some of those? No, guys? it's part of the. I I think it's the unwritten rule if there is such a thing, and I know this thing is lengthy, and a lot of it's about litigation and money. I think they uh, will be accepted back. I really so do. Now it may be contentious in the beginning, obviously guys like Rory and, and Phil, but don't forget there's a lot of other golfers who we don't hear about that are involved in this. I think because in the majors you didn't hear much about back and forth between live golfers and so forth. I think they'll be, I'm not going to say welcome back with open arms, but I think everything will work out because we're not talking about this happening for at least uh, the tw until the 2024 season. Now, if I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm a professional golfer, whether I was on the live or PGA, I don't like how I was kind of used as a pawn, right? They, they, they seduced you, tried to get you to their side, and then they tried to pit, and, and the media was just as guilty of this as, as Liv and PJ. They tried to pit them against each other, right? That's Those were the questions every week. What do you think of Liv? What do you think of PGA? Do you, what do you think of this guy playing now that he's with the – like it was going back and forth to the point where guys were like, enough. Let's just make it about the golf. So I, I think they're going to have to sue some egos and repair some, some, some relationships with the individual golfers. But I don't think – I don't. I don't think guys that are, or your your fans that that watch golf. I don't think any of them are going to be turned off because live in PGA or go, yeah. I mean, there are going to be some guys that are hot and talking about you know the blood money and human rights and Saudi and all that. But you're still going to tune in, uh, uh, regardless of who's walking down the back. You know, uh, walking down 18th fairway with a shot to win a, a major, regardless of whether they're live or. Or, or PGA, and I would argue if, if it's one of each still, it'll only heighten the interest. Live Golf obviously had difficulty getting a good TV contract, which they don't have. They got difficulty with sponsors, but they had so much money, the deep pockets. So money has a way of soothing egos. So I think that that'll be the, the overriding issue here that, yeah, there's going to be hostility maybe or deep inside, deep-rooted resentment. For what Monahan did, and here's the other story: Will Monahan stay on now? Will they try to? Will he be ousted as yeah. the head of the PGA after this? So the other question is: How different, or is this different? The public outrage or the idea that the PGA was downplaying Saudi money early—how different is that? And are we reacting differently to that than we did with the whole NBA-China relationship? Right, because that certainly got play i don't know if it was to this magnitude but it it felt like it at the time it's something we can discuss also nick saban he's headed to washington today with an sec contingent he wants competitive balance and i'll say it again competitive balance may sound like equality but it's not and i'll explain when we come back we're at st michael's we're on the sports station wnsp Fair child to the plate. Comeback complete. 
All right, 7.32, welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues. We're broadcasting from St. Michael Catholic School. We're out here in Air Sports 1. Coming up in about an hour and a half, they're going to have their ceremonial groundbreaking for their football and soccer fields. Uh, and we're going to be joined by Philip Rivers coming up at 8 o'clock. Yeah, this segment is brought to you by South Alabama Athletics, uh, connecting the city and the campus. Get your tickets today. And let's congratulate uh, South Alabama. They won the Boobas Cup sixth time in the last nine years. They have dominated. That is supremacy in all sports, right from football to soccer, right through your spring sports. So they finished first in the Sun Belt. So congratulations to the athletic director, Dr. Joel Erdman, and his staff. All right, so we, we mentioned Saban, Nick Saban, before we went to a, a break. He's in Washington. Uh, the idea essentially is to kind of inform, maybe even educate Congress um, on the, the intricacies of NIL so that they can essentially help regulate it, um, which we've talked about. I'm not a huge fan of the federal government getting involved in college athletics but I would agree there needs to be some stop gaps in place for NIL. What I did find interesting, and, and Nick Saban talked to uh, the Associated Press yesterday um, of, about what he was looking to do. And I thought it was interesting that he was looking for, and I'm looking for the exact quote to make sure I have it correct. He, he said, I don't know exactly what the answer is, and I don't think anybody does, by the way. But I, he says, but I think if we can get more people aware what the issues are for them to have input on how we can sort of create a model that would help create some competitive balance but still give people opportunities to their name, image, and likeness to earn, I think will be a good thing. Who do you think the lawmakers are more interested in hearing from, Saban or Sankey or one of the other members of the group? I'm thinking Saban. Uh, Greg Sankey doesn't, at least publicly, and, and I hope he's more outward going with his thoughts than he was down there in uh, Sandestin. But, but I, I wonder how, like, the lawmakers, because I don't, I'm not optimistic, Mark, that something's going to happen out of this with Congress. I'm with you. I, I hate to see Congress, with all that's going on these days, debt, you name it, uh, issues with countries, worrying about NIL with college athletes. Yeah. I mean, they, we, we send legislators to Washington to iron out the uh, country's problems and the world problems and to legislate and, and help us out. You know, what, what, I, you know, we don't send them there to, to, to make, you know, come up with uh, solutions to athletic issues. At least that's my way of thinking. And so anyway, I don't know how most of them feel. But I think some of them probably, hey, I get to hear from Nick Saban, or can I, I get to ask Nick Saban a question. I'd, I'd love to hear this. Let's say, Coach, what are your expectations for this year? You know, stuff that Nick doesn't like to really talk about. Because you know that I, I, there's got to be give and take on something like this. There's got to be questions being asked of those going up and attending. And I don't think this is the first time they've been there. They've been there before, haven't they? No. Yeah, they, but you know why? You know why he's going? You know why he's so involved in this? And he talks about competitive balance because he doesn't have the deepest pockets. He doesn't have the advantage in this. Oh, we should he, get some Saudi Arabia money. He, but well, you joke, but that's exactly why he's doing this. If if he were at the, and I'm not saying that Alabama's way behind, but but Nick Saban knows he doesn't have Texas money or Texas A&M money. That's why he's doing this. He doesn't want competitive balance in the sport of college, well, then, in college football. He wants to be on par. He wants this capped 
so that all things being equal, he talks about competitive value. When, when things are quote-unquote equal, he's going to win. And he must be a hell of a recruiter because he's out recruiting Texas and uh, Texas A&M, at least if you go by the composite, the, the 24-7. Year in and year out, he's up there one or at the very least two. And, and George is up there, and I don't know what kind of NIL money they have also uh, in regards to you know bringing in prospects. And, and you're right. I mean, there's more money down there in Texas, but – where has that benefited Texas? A&M had a dismal year this year. Texas is, you know, they're getting a little bit better, maybe down the road. But, uh, you know, Nick, I guess maybe he's looking at staying another 10 years or so <laughs> because, you know, if he's only going to stay a year or two, he's done very well. And plus, they don't lose a lot of really good – they didn't lose Bryce Young. They didn't lose – they don't lose a lot of players to the transfer portal thinking they're going to go somewhere else and get more money true but. but he's also not willing to offer x amount of dollars and others are so he's going to start losing guys i'm not saying that alabama's going to fall off a cliff here because of nil but do you ever notice the players that leave wind up going somewhere and then going somewhere else they never really stick and i don't have a list in front of me but in the last year or so the only player i can think of in the past, and this was before NIL, that actually left and went and did something was Kamara. He went to Tennessee. All right? I can't think of an Alabama player who left that program in the last two years or so, highly recruited as they are, and went somewhere. And then you read, well, he went somewhere else. So, and he went somewhere else. So Nick Saban's doing this for the good of the game? Like just for the betterment of college football? I think publicly he would say that, but privately, no, that's not true. So privately, why do you think he's doing this? to benefit his own program exactly but the guy that's, is already point but of, he's out recruiting everybody anyway no matter what nil is but saying clearly he has concerns or he wouldn't be doing this well you know what as we get older and i can put myself in this i've always got concerns over everything some of it meaningless so this is meaningless no, I didn't say that. I said for me. I said I have concerns about a lot of things, but uh, maybe so more so than when I was younger. I wasn't concerned about stuff. Right. But, but, but we make the comparison. But this is this is very much like Nick Saban uh, coming out on "Hurry Up, No Huddle" when it first came out. He wasn't doing it because it was it was a, a safety concern. He wasn't worried about the well-being of players. Of course not. But it was it was a con it, he was. He knew it was an issue that he couldn't, at least he felt like he couldn't combat at that time. Now, it was, okay, but it was chess, not checkers, and he ultimately overcame But Nick that. likes to have, Nick likes to control things. That was pretty obvious when he was talking. He likes to be in charge of the agenda, okay? You can do that with RPO. You go out and get a coach. You can change things. Really, how much can he affect Congress? Even if they decide to do something, you know how long it takes? Then you have to go this bill, get through this House, go through the Senate. you got to get the, the president to sign off on stuff like this. I mean, I, look, I guess because it's an off-season, there's very little else going on. Maybe they have time on their hands to go up there. I don't know if they can do anything or will do anything because each state has come up with their own deal about NIL. I, I don't know. I don't see how this – there's too much out there. There, there. It's too big to bring it all together. Nick can go and talk to him, but he can't control it. He can't control the agenda. Neither can Sankey and so forth. I know why they think they're doing it for the benefit of all of football. 
good luck to him. That's all I can say. Nick likes Nick can control offense. He can control defense. He can control getting a coach in to teach RPOs and stuff. He can control his own recruiting. But boy, this is a diff- this is a difficult task to try to get something through. It's very house of cards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Let's face it, anybody who follows politics, and I don't, knows that it takes a long time to get something passed through there, and Nick may be gone before anything gets done. Well, I mean, uh, the uh, the other side of it is he, he may not be able to control it, but he could certainly... You think influence the, it? He, he can control the narrative, at least in the, in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the interim. Right? Well, don't forget, I don't think every legislator there is an Alabama fan. No. At least if they are, they're not going to say it because usually you represent a state. You want to say, oh, yeah, my school is from whatever state I'm representing. Um, is this Tuberville's deal to get them up there? Is he the one that I think, orchestrated I think this? I he's been mentioned, yeah. Uh, in the app, Saban's competitive balance conversation is silly. As long as the players get to choose where to go and play, there will never be competitive balance or equality. Yes, I, I, I think you make an incredibly valid point here. Uh, I think what a coach or a, a program will tell you is uh, there needs to be more equality or balance in which in what each program has to offer, if that makes sense. You want competitive balance? You cut the scholarship limit to maybe 50. Um, I'm using 50. Uh, it could be 40. If you want competitive balance, you cut your scholarships from 85 to whatever. Remembering back to the days when schools could bring in 100, 120, and you had certain schools dominate. If you really, really want it and you want parity, you've got to cut the scholarships down. That's the only way it's going to work. Because then you don't have all the players going, the good players going to one or two or three or four or five schools. Yeah. But there would be a riot if, of if course. the number of kids oh, that yeah. didn't have that opportunity to play college athletics was, was, was cut in half. Well, so. we got a riot going on now because of the portal. A lot of kids aren't going to schools where they normally 10 years ago would have gone to because there's not enough room for them because guys keep shifting around. Yeah. Uh, Someone in the app, Texas and Texas A&M are down because of coaching, not NIL. If, if either of those schools actually got get a good coach, they'll take off. Who's a good coach besides Saban, Smart? I mean, who would you go out there? Okay, I think the book's still out on Sarkeesian. He's recruiting well, but they haven't gotten to that place yet. So are we saying Jimbo Fisher's not a good coach? He won a championship at Florida State. I think it's pretty fair to say that the the, he's got a championship narrative, though, is he's he's not. Put, okay, put Saban and to our put Saban and Smart aside. Who would you think can come in and win a national championship? Who out there? And don't include Brian, Urban Meyer. Brian Kelly. All right, that's a good one. But don't include Urban Meyer in this. Uh, <laughs> Urban Meyer. Man, we're gonna be talking about like Urban don't, Meyer. Don't not until we get to that. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly is the first one to come to mind. He came to my mind also. Uh, Lincoln Riley. Okay, that's there's fair. another one. Um, this has got to be his year, though, because Caleb Williams is entering his final year at Southern Cal, right? That's got to be his year. Now, granted, he's getting a lot of players coming there that are transferring, so this has got to be his year. Hmm. How many more do I have to come up with? No, that's, no, you, you give me two. That's fine, because if, if, in fact, you don't believe Texas and Texas A&M, and, you know, years ago, Texas dominated that state. They, they'd have usually 25 
kids ready to go, already committed, before most schools were getting off the nod and maybe getting five. They, you could... Texas dominated. That's not the case anymore. They don't out-recruit everybody. They don't out-recruit Texas A&M. But maybe, maybe coming into the SEC will help them. Now, Sarkeesian, I think, has apparently done okay, but it doesn't show yet in the record. And you wouldn't expect it to until you get to, what, year three, four, or five, Mark? So I think this is a – I'm not going to even say this is his the year that he has to produce – I think when Arch Manning becomes their starting quarterback, though, that's when all the eyes will be on Texas. Isn't that a see that? You see the yeah, song? Yeah. Was, see all the eyes on Texas? Yeah. A&M, I don't know. I think if they have another so-so year this year, I think the rumblings are really going to heat up on Jimbo Fisher. What's, what's he entering, the fifth year of a 10-year deal or sixth year or something like that? Yeah. What's he got to show for it? A win over Alabama. One win over Alabama. What else has he got to show for it? He had a very so-so year last year. Yeah. Granted, they had quarterback issues, but too bad. You you were bringing in one of the top classes, and then people defect there incredibly at a large rate. They come and they go out of Texas A&M. Even when Kevin Sumlin was there, people were coming and going. All right, so we'll continue this conversation with you guys, 694-1055. Let's uh, wrap up hour number two next. Philip Rivers set to join us in Air Sports 1 in hour number three. Chris Stewart, the voice of the Crimson Tide, will join us in hour number three as well. We're at St. Michael's. That's right, coming up here at 9 a.m. They will have the ceremonial groundbreaking for their football and their soccer facilities. Guys, if you have not been out here, there is land as far as the eye can see. I mean, they're talking soccer, football facilities, track. They've got more land out here than I've ever seen before. Um, so it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fascinating to watch over the next few years. Come out and march through the cornfields. You're bit, yeah. Well, they might not be here much longer. Lee, you want to go out there? We can recreate Field of Dreams. I can for walk you? through the cornfields. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get some video of it. You got your little WNSP gear on. We could do that. All right, your call next, 694-1055. Stay with us. Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5. Jay Monahan, the commissioner, tried to justify this. I think I'm struck by two things. He managed to both sell out morally and also sell out his own constituency at the same time, which is truly remarkable for a commissioner. Uh, I mean, put yourself in the shoes, as Tim said, of a PGA golfer who turned down live money. Over the last year plus, you have believed you were taking a principled stand. You have watched your peers accept, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars to link arms with a regime with a terrible human rights record. You may have spoken out against that record, and you have been told yours is a player-run organization. Today, you wake it's up 7.50. Welcome back in. Hour number two. That that's that's the that's the narrative right now when we talk about live and, and the PGA merger. Welcome back into the opening kickoff here on WNSP. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports One out at St. Michael's uh, Catholic High School for their groundbreaking uh, uh, presentation today for their soccer and football. That'll happen at nine. We'll talk to Philip Rivers here at eight, but uh, we'll talk to you now at six nine four one zero five five. Yeah, if anybody can uh, remember a, a merger, but now the thing with the NF. The NFC and the NFC. 
See, that was rumored. What didn't come out in nowhere. Back when, when the AFC was starting out and the NFC was the dominant pro football league, and money obviously was a big issue because what happened was the, I think it was the NFC started, they raided the Bills for a place kicker. And then Al Davis really stepped to the forefront, and he just wanted to go to war against the uh, NFC and Pete Rozelle. So teams were then, I use the word kidnapping, but they were getting a player, they put him in a hotel, and then they tried to sign him. You had a lot of key NFC players who were going to sign with the AFC. That's what prompted the merger. The, the deal, as bitter as that was, Mark, and it was a very bitter time, it wasn't nearly as bitter as what's going on now because you didn't have Saudi Arabia money involved in this. You had owner's pockets, owner's money, and they wanted to settle because they didn't want to have to go out and start bidding on players in the other league. So the only one who didn't benefit from the merger was Al Davis because he didn't get to be the commissioner. Al Ro- uh, Pete Rozelle did, and Davis just went back to running at the time the Oakland Raiders. Here, you got – I think it's going to be tougher – to soothe the egos of many of the PGA golfers. Right now, they're probably reeling from not even knowing about it and seeing it on Twitter that they had no, uh, they had no understanding. And I'll say this, I'll give the, those involved a lot of credit that they were able to keep this a secret. Yeah. Even Greg Norman, the face of Liv, didn't even know about it. So for a while, it's going to be a, an issue, but down the road, it's going to probably benefit golf, and it's going to benefit golf fans who will get to see all the great golfers at one and venue. I, and I think those that – the point was made again, and it's worth revisiting, how how similar the reaction has been to the NBA's dealings in China, right? So NBA has hundreds of millions of licensing and retail deals in China – and there was a big controversy not that long ago, guys, uh, about the NBA and its relationship with China and, and China and its human rights. This is, to me, very similar um, in, in that sense. And so I think like that stance, I think, to your point, it will be very headline-worthy early on. But your average golf fan is still going to continue to watch golf. In fact... I think we made the point earlier today, from the golf perspective, from the sports perspective, this only enhances the sport. Yes, it's going to take the PR hit. PGA golfers are still pissed, and rightfully so. And the commissioner is going to have to try to repair a lot of individual relationships, which he may not be successful at, I might add. Um, But I think overall, this whole thing, not just the merger, but the creation of, of Live has only made golf a bigger entity on, on the world stage. Now, I don't want to get and, too and, politi- and we may not like that. I don't want to get too political because you brought up China in the U.S. in basketball. I don't – all right, if you want to hit the NBA, okay, that's fine. But to a person, and I know this is media-driven like most stories are, but how many items do we buy that are made in China? So if you're really opposed to China, and, and and rightly so, you may have to because of things that go on there. Why are you buying Chinese products? Uh, Nike shoes, don't they come from China? Aren't they made in China? So, so many products, so many, you know, whether it's your vehicles coming from Japan or wherever, 
Yeah, I mean, but we're so global now, and you may have issues with another country, but that doesn't that doesn't stop you from going and buying whatever you need. And then if you look at the label, yeah, this was made in China. The way he, I think it's easy for I say guys like you and me, although we're not doing it. Ordinary Joe's going about your day. You're on your way to work. If somebody offered you ten times what you're making now to do exactly what you're doing now, I'll see you. See ya. Yeah, it, it's 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 hey, easy to Mark, sit here and say, man. Four times. Yeah. See ya. Oh, just four times. I'll go three. Uh, Lee's will, Lee's negotiating with himself and yeah. actually negotiating against himself right now. So if anybody would like to offer, would you take twice what you're making now? Depends what it's for, though. I mean, let's, what if let's, it's twice, twice what you're making now to to do nothing? You have to consider it. At my age, you definitely have to consider that. All right. So that. does anybody want to buy Lee out of his <laughs> WNSP contract? He, he will take. Okay. Monthly, here's the here's the fallacy of what you're saying. I don't have a contract. Oh uh, well. I, there's nothing to break. Okay. I, I'm not under contract. So, you may be, so, but I'm not. So buy him out, and then after the first, you and can I do nothing. Yeah. And I do nothing. And pay him in monthly installments, yeah. so you don't have to pay a lump See, sum. And then after a couple months, just stop paying him. Yeah, here's the problem. Because he's not with, under contract. Yeah, here's the problem with me, though. I don't want to just do nothing. I I get bored very easily. I I need to be doing something. So. And I'm not money hungry, so I joke about you it. You can come out here and cut cut the lawn out here at St. Michael's. The, the cornfields? Whatever you want. Lee loves to, to cut grass. He I loves do. it. That. So he's like Forrest Gump in that regard, yep. that Forrest loved to cut grass. Like, he, he loved it so much that he did it for free. Remember, at the, at the high school in Greenbelt. So somebody buys you out. You cut grass. Boom. So I have my own lawn service. With a little trailer yeah. and things like yeah. that, yeah, yeah. Lee, I like work, I like going outdoors and doing stuff like that. You're right about that. It's it's refreshing and it it gets my mind off what we do here, and you know you're getting the sunshine and vitamin D and things like that. <laughs> See? See, it benefits me. All right, we got people. So, how much would it cost? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll we'll get a, a GoFundMe together. <laughs> Lee's retirement fund. <laughs> do I have to pay income tax? Lee's buyout. Do I have to get income tax on it? I'm not it? sure how that works. Yeah, I'm check sure that you, out. Well, for me. I don't think you have to per se. I, I mean, I, I, I want to stay in the required to good graces of the government. Nah, they got yes. no. They're busy. Nick's going up there to Washington today. They're not even going to know about it. I'm just saying, we who pays for that? Alabama, the SEC. Who pays for his trip? I'm sure, the SEC. You don't think Alabama pays for it? Uh, if he's in an Alabama plane, who pays for that? And does he have to fly coach? Like Matt did, no. and Matt had delay galores no. coming back. No, no. He, he, or do they take a private, no. a charter? I doubt he's sitting in some terminal and and, and listening for <laughs> like rows rows twenty one through thirty. You can now board. <laughs> oh, they, and, and and Nick trying to edge his way. The first the time I went on Southwest Mark, and I had to deal with that. Yeah, where you don't have a, a, a signed seat, so if you're in a row, whatever it was, you know, uh, that means I'm going to the back yeah. of the plane. Yeah, I seriously d- doubt like Saban's trying to like get all his luggage on carry on, so he doesn't have to wait for check. Le- and he's fighting for the overhead bin. I don't think that's. Matt, I don't think that's Matt happening. McCoy, of course, is running this uh, Air Sports One, and he was saying he had two delays coming in last night. Didn't get in till around 10 o'clock, and I'm wondering if. And, and most everybody in my family in the last year has had delay galore, sometimes where they've had to give up the flight and drive to where they needed to be. 
which benefits me because I don't like flying. But the, the long and the short of it is, if how do the you know the, the Sankey is do they charter? And like I say, who pays for it? Yeah, the SEC office. From all that money that would they find Tennessee and it's your tax dollar at work. All right, when we come back, uh, we will talk to uh, Philip Rivers. That's right, the uh, St. Michael's football coach. He will be aboard Air Sports One. We're on the campus as they prepare for the groundbreaking ceremony. That's right, for their football and their soccer facility. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff, Mark and Lee, right here on the sports station, WNSP. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Or how about that? We're getting a little hot there. It's hour number three of the opening kickoff. Appreciate you guys making us part of your morning. Mark and Lee in Air Sports One broadcasting from St. Michael's. That's right, uh, in Air Sports One. We're less than an hour away from the ceremonial groundbreaking for the football and soccer facilities here on campus, Lee. And uh, like I said, there is land for as far as the eye can see out here. There really is, and I see already some of the uh, youngsters are running out there or getting in shape for the groundbreaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Philip uh, Rivers joining us, the head coach and former quarterback at Athens. We talked to, uh, I don't know if you heard, did you hear the interview with John Garcia? We asked him if he had been, he's with a recruiting 24-7, uh, where he would have placed you uh, back oh, 17, yeah. 18 years ago. Yeah, shoot longer than that. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, John John was talking about quarterbacks today, and he said, well, it's different back then because you were a running quarterback and so forth, but today they're looking more for the dual threat type of guy. Oh, yeah, and it's crazy, too. They weren't, there weren't as many uh, guys like John and all these recruiting services and, and guys with eyes, on, with eyes on you. They didn't have access to all the tape. Now these, you have access to every high school you know, uh, player's tape all over the place. So um, it is it is it is different. Uh, but shoot, I, I, you were talking Mobile Ball and County. There's a lot of good a lot of good players down here. That's for sure. And sure. Okay. Uh, first things first. Groundbreaking today. Are you going to be the one to the first shovel? No, I don't know about that. Well, you should be. That. You should. But, be. Hey, I say you see, there's been a lot of dirt moved already. Yeah. Uh, it's an exciting exciting next step for us. Oh, I'd like to see you exciting in the bulldozer. Get in that bulldozer, <laughs> and let's see you go to work with that. Right. Yeah, I'd be more comfortable in that than out there with a shovel. But we asked uh, Simon about this. What What are you looking? What What kind of stadium or site do you want to see eventually down here? What are you looking for? Well, obviously we've had we've had some different drawings up, you know, for for years now. And again, this is an exciting next step. You know, getting the field and lights put up. Um, you know, one of our, our campaign, our original campaign, was bringing our Cardinals home. You know, so you know the ultimate goal is to be able to have 
all of our teams here are playing on campus. You know how awesome that is for, for a high school. So um, I think you want a place, again, a place you're proud of and a place that's, uh, that has an intimate setting where they're right on top of you. You know, And I think we're a ways away from that. Obviously, we've got a ways to go. Um, but excited to, to keep it moving. We built this, you know, the field house here. We've been in now two and a half years, and it's it's been huge for all of our all of our sports programs. And certainly speaking to the football team, it's been big for us. You go from lifting on a stage in the gym to having your own <laughs> weight room and yeah. locker room. It's it's uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for the for the for the youngsters. This, so it's been big, it's and, been good. And this has got to be. The, we were talking about this earlier. This has got to be the fun part for you, right? That with like the blank slate, man. Like you can kind of create what you want, and there's that excitement about you know what you want, what you need, and, and, and just kind of building up from the ground up. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that is an added part to the excitement is there is no, well, this is how we did it in the past. Right. This was the old one. You're doing it from, you're getting to do it from scratch. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you talk about your alumni, you know, and it's funny because we ain't got many, our alumni are, yeah. they're 22 years old, you know, <laughs> 21 years old. So you got, but over time you want them to come back here and go, I went there when that was a cornfield. Right. I went there when we didn't have a field house. I went there and then to be proud of it and come back. And so uh, it, it's headed, we're headed in the right direction. Hey, I, to change quick subjects, because I've noticed that some of these student athletes, I assume student athletes are running, but school's out. So who's who's out there yes, running? That's, that's cross country this morning. So for us on Wednesdays, uh, we, we do football in the evening. So we go Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday gotcha. mornings with football, and then we do Wednesday night. We call it Wednesday night football, and we, we'll practice here, uh, here this evening at 530. Simon was telling us about this camp that starts today with a lot of youngsters coming out for the groundbreaking. What Tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I imagine we'll have a decent crowd for the groundbreaking, but we, we've been uh, had a camp of about 50, uh, you know, uh, third, to, third to sixth graders that have been here uh, 9 to 12 in the morning. So it's kind of butted up with our football workouts, which is kind of nice. You see our – our team kind of finishing up, and then uh, a lot of the youngsters coming out to get a little get a little football work and, and have a little fun. You know, much was been said about you know your family and how large your family is. Are, are many of your let's say either daughters or sons playing sports here? Yeah. So my my uh, number two daughter just graduated. She was in the class of twenty three. She just graduated last month, and then uh, uh, Grace will be a Grace will be a junior here at the high school. She plays basketball and and tennis, and then and then Gunner will be a freshman and and, and be the quarterback. So, uh, and there's more there's more to come. There's more to come in the younger grades. But um, so yes, yeah, so that that's an added bonus for me too. Seeing your daughters around you know, in the hall and coming to the field house for weightlifting in third period, and you know now Gunner coming to the high school. So uh, it's it's awesome. What did you learn quarterbacking Athens with your father coaching you that? translates to you coaching gunner well uh two things come to mind you know they say they say leave it at leave it at the school or leave it at work that doesn't happen right we'll, we'll be talking about it around the around the dinner table which was fine which was awesome my mom loved it uh, you know my wife will love it um and the other part which i i grew to understand and appreciate was he, he could ride me a little harder or when things weren't going good and it was really nobody's fault he knew he could he could come after me a little bit to get the whole group going you know, so um, and it, and it wasn't taken personal. So um, I'm he, sure I'll get after Gunner pretty. Was good. he tough on you when you were playing? Because I assume that he got to see a little bit of your career, right? You let latter stages. Was he tough on you when you didn't have a great game? Uh, no, I think he was more. Uh, 
you know, what's the word? Empathy. And I, uh, he, he was a little more like, you know, he took it hard with me because he knew how much, you know, I, time I put in pre- preparing and how hard I worked at it. So um, I think it was more like, dang, you know, he felt he felt he didn't feel like, Dad, why'd you throw that pick six? It was more like, dang, we threw a pick six. <laughs> or that guy, the receiver's fault for falling down or he wasn't oh, in yeah. the right place oh, yeah. at the right time. Oh, yeah. was, or why didn't the tackle block better? No question. No. So, so put, put your dad hat on. How different is it? Based on the sport your kid is playing, do you react differently? Are you in the stands at basketball kind of like mumbling to yourself? Like, I know we know you're a competitive guy. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think it, it depends on the child, you know, and, and their temperament and, sure. and and I guess their um, desire and wants, you know, are they, are they as far as their ambitions within, yeah. within the sport? But, yeah, I mean, I, I tell them all the time, you, know, you can listen and be coachable and hustle. I mean, those are two things that – got to be part of what we do right i mean again you're gonna miss shots you're gonna get beat you're gonna throw a bad ball all that stuff but we gotta be able to hustle and listen and uh most of them do that for the most part but as a parent let's say you're watching your daughter tennis or basketball do you really get emotional about it or you just kind of hold it in uh it kind of depends but yes i'm pretty into it <laughs> like do you did the officials hear from you the referees hear from occasionally you? we we have an, our, me and the officials have an interesting relationship you haven't you been too? tossed have you you, you haven't yeah. been tossed have you no 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 no, no but here, here's the truth about kid sports and i and i say this to everybody though uh, and, and you put it in a very diplomatic way. Here's the truth. If your kid's skill set isn't up to a certain level, you just want your kid to go out there, have a good time, enjoy the game, and, and, and hope they don't screw it up is basically what happens, right? If your kid's one of the better kids, you're all in, dude. You're in for – you're not just winning. You're going for right. championships and titles. So uh, a parent's reaction to a team sport is generally based on how good their kid is. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, I that, that. That, that's just it. Philip Rivers sitting in with this, groundbreaking coming on in 45 minutes. How exciting is this to you, though? I mean, have you been looking forward to this day for quite some time that you're actually in, in the, let's say, the, the vision of having your own stadium? Yeah, no, just, the, again, taking that next step towards that uh, is exciting. And we've been, I tell you what, getting to play over at uh, Valanta at Fairhope has been has been unbelievable. They've been very generous, uh, and, and Tim Carter and, and Pat White and those guys, they, they've been great because you got to work around schedules and Friday nights and Thursday nights and having it painted and all this. I mean, it's a lot that goes into it. So very grateful that we have that place to play on yeah. that great surface. Uh, it's as good as any place uh, in Mobile Ball and County. So thankful for that. That being said, there's, there's, there's pirates in the locker room. There's pirates on midfield, as there should be. Is yeah, there? Yeah. But but it, but it's not ours. You no know, so, cardinals. Yeah, no cardinals. So and to, for our kids to be able to park in this parking lot and walk to a game on a Friday night, and for us to play on Thursday, Friday, whenever the heck you want to play, you know, is is a is a big deal. And and um, you know, so I, I think. It, and, and again, we're we're talking. I'm t- I'm talking about football, but for all sports, you know, we're talking about soccer, and then you know, soon to the hopefully, you know. In conjunction, as the process goes, you're talking baseball and softball and track and all that going out there. As you said, Mark, you can see for days. Sure. So, I mean, we're you know the the uh, long-term vision is that we keep it rolling with everybody. Everybody's on campus. All right. Uh, two things. First of all, when you mentioned Pat White, you're not talking about the former Daphne quarterback. Uh, Pat uh, basically is in charge of the field at Fairhope. Just wanted to clarify that. Correct. I read many bios <laughs> about athletes, and to most of them refer back to their days in high school as being the most fun. Now, if I ask you, did, looking forward to a game, did you have, let's say, the most fun for Friday night high school, college game at NC State, or the pros? Yeah, well, I think, you know, to pick one of those three would be too hard, but all of them are awesome. But I tell our players here, and, it, and I do mean it, 
is some of my favorite memories are Friday nights. Yeah. They're Friday nights in Athens, Alabama, or in Decatur, uh, when we'd go across the bridge and play Decatur. Growing up with my dad's teams at Decatur, and going to play at Coleman, going to play, I mean, thinking of all these games you played in, uh, at John Carroll, at Etowah, you know, at Gadsden, you know, and, 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 and those games were, were awesome. There was some, nothing about the bus, you know, nothing better than those bus rides. The summer workouts when dad would come in and have a, a big cooler stirred up a Gatorade, you know, and we thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like, we got Gatorade today, you know. So all those times were, were awesome. The summer two-a-days and going to the Pizza Hut buffet in between, you know. I mean, those things, uh, they're awesome. And I try to remind our guys to, to appreciate and enjoy all those little things. It's hard to when you're 15, 16, 17, right? You're just in yeah. it. It's another summer hot hot day or another tough practice, a long day of school, but they'll miss it. They'll miss it, and it goes so stinking fast. And I think our guys are spilling that because now our seniors are going, wait a minute, where did those those other guys were seniors? What, yeah. what happened? Where did those last two years go? I'm speaking of just me being here. Yeah. Like we're, going to, we're going into year three. It seems like we just got here. Have you ever been doused in Gatorade yet? Yeah. When we beat Jackson, okay. uh, that first region win after losing 18 straight and beating Jackson at home, and not only doused with a Gatorade, I got hit right in the bridge of my nose with a cooler. <laughs> I turned around, and I mean, I'm talking gushing blood uh, at the handshake. And I come into the locker room, and I'm, I got a towel, and everybody's looking at me like, Coach, what the heck happened to you? I'm like, Donnie hit me in the nose with his cooler. Did you ever get a bloody nose in an NFL game? I'm sure. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, that was all kind of who knows too many too many stories to tell in that deal. You know, you talk about high school and it's so different. And I think you you grasp it, you get it. And I think most people, especially high school kids, and so they don't get it until after it's gone. But there's something about that community. Everybody kind of knows everybody. The band, you know, the band and the cheerleaders and the guy that lives down the street who has no affiliation, but he's just coming out. And yeah. it's that intimacy of high school football. It's it's why we do what we do every Friday and we go to all these schools because it's just. It's, it's, there's something special about that. There's and, and 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 if you will work and come and come on time, everybody can be a part of it. Yeah, I'm trying as far as if you want to be on part of the team. Yeah. It's not like well, I, you know, I would play, but I'm not good enough. It's like no, come on. Yeah, we certainly have enough room here to tailgate. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I, I can. I <laughs> can serve, but of a couple of restaurants here and still have room to walk. I can envision a Friday night with, so, the, with the sun setting here. Tell us about awesome. uh, what's coming up in June and July. Are we seven on sevens here? What are we doing? We are. Yes. Yeah, so we, we so we just started our summer program. Was uh, Monday was the first day, uh, June fifth, uh, and we go. I, we're playing at South in South Alabama. The seven on seven there on uh, let's see, it's Tuesday, thirteenth. Um, we're going to play in the one in Daphne in July. You know, we got a couple others, kind of just uh, one-offs. You know, with a, with another school here and there. Um, we have a good a good a good summer program set up, and then we get to start early uh, because we kind of four we you know didn't do the traditional spring, so we get to start the 31st of July. Uh, school doesn't start till August 16th, so and that's a good stretch yeah. good stretch for us of of quote unquote training camp as we call it, and then we play Spanish Ford in Jamboree uh, August the 17th. Uh, a half of RC and a half of, of JV, and then we open at Gulf Shores on the 24th. Do you um, two a days on these off days? How, how do you feel? Because you went through a lot of that, I'm sure, whether, you know, maybe you must have learned a lot. Maybe you don't overdo it, or what do you do? Yeah, I'm probably somewhere, you know, our coaches tell me sometimes I lean a little too heavy with the NFL kind of soft softness with the schedule as far as, like, taking care of them. As part, far from the old school two a days, you know. But we find some balance there where we bring them in and have a have a have a good you know full padded practice in the morning. Send them home, bring them back for meetings and a walkthrough and a special teams walkthrough. So we kind of we uh, we we formulate it a lot off of 
my experience as a player and then as of what these coaches have done in the past. And it's a good schedule. And, and then we take a few days every now and then. It's like, hey, guys, you know, see you for the weekend. You know, they, again, we have to remember we don't burn them out. And I think that's the thing now with all the rules, seven on sevens, summer, they can wear a helmet. Tonight they're going to have a helmet on. Yeah. It's June the 7th. You know, so you're going to wear a helmet for June, July, August, September, October. And it's like, golly, we've been practicing football for months. You know, so I think you want to, uh, you know, not get carried away all summer long. You want to be excited July the 31st, not going. It seems like we've been practicing for two months. You know, so we've found a balance there. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. We know the ceremony is at 9. Now, quarter posse told us that, I mean, you're just kind of the eye candy. You're just out there to look good. You're not really doing anything. Is that accurate? I don't think. I'll, whatever. I'm ready to go, whatever they need me to do. All right. And then i got to ask, are the end zones going to be checkered? What are we doing? Are, are we going to have Are we going to have TVs in the restrooms so we don't miss any of the game? How, how, what's we, haven't gotten, we haven't gotten that far. Well, I, I'll, we'll, we'll take all suggestions. I have. I asked you this on the air, and I'll do it again, and I'm, I won't do it after this. How do you compare yourself coming through the ranks in high school at your age with Gunner, your son, who you'll be coaching um, as a quarterback, his yeah, skill set versus you? I don't want to put added pressure on him. He's better than I was, though, as a ninth grader. I mean, he's, he's, he's just further ahead playing the position. As a ninth grader, I, I was a rising ninth grader. I was on the freshman team at Athens. I played a half a quarterback and a half a tight end. I mean, my fifth grade year, I was a linebacker. I was a backup quarterback. I didn't play any. So my junior year is my first year starting. So he's further ahead than I was. Between flag football, he's played his whole yeah. life. And then, you know, he played JV last year and played some varsity games as an eighth grader. So he's further ahead than I was. Um, he, he, he he throws it well. He's got a ways to go. I mean, he's going to be a freshman. We're going to have to – he's going to – we're going to be leaning on the running game, and our, our offensive line is all returning. Um, and and we got, you know, a good back in Martin Cordy. And, you know, we got – and then we're young. And then we're young everywhere on the offense. All the skill players are young. The line's kind of a veteran group. But uh, we're going to run, wink, wink. That dude's going to unleash a bomb on the first <laughs> yeah, play. Yeah, <really. laughs> Play action going deep. Hey, Coach, thank you, seriously, for ha not only having us out, but uh, thanks for spending some time with us. We always thank enjoy you. it. Thank you all for coming. Aren't all you right. uh, amazed that we didn't ask you any NFL questions? Uh, hey, there's not a lot going on right now. Is yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, all right. Traffic and weather are next. We continue from uh, St. Michael Catholic High School as they prepare for their uh, groundbreaking ceremony here at 9 a.m. Uh, Chris Stewart, the voice of the Crimson Tide, going to join us in about 10 minutes right here on the sports station WNSP. Hey, this is Stuart Fink from the PGA Tour. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio in Mobile. Yeah, the whole idea is, you know, we, we, we want to provide information based on our experience so that maybe people that are involved in Congress, House, Senate, both, you know, sort of have an idea um, of, you know, what the issues really are and how it can impact and affect college football in the future. Uh, I think we're all for players. Uh, I, I think we're all, you know, want players to have the opportunity to be able to earn things. I think. All right, 826, that was uh, Nick Saban, obviously. I think that was his comments with the Associated Press yesterday as he prepares uh, today to lobby Congress along with uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Uh, welcome back in the opening kickoff short segment here. We went along with Philip Rivers. Our thanks to him. We're on the campus of St. Michael Catholic High School as they get ready for their 
groundbreaking here on the football and soccer facility. Yeah, the uh, soccer field, the uh, football stadium right now, it's just dirt. They got the bulldozers ready to go, but it's a very special day at St. Michael's. And, and again, we were talking about off the air about the, the schools in Mobile, uh, the brand new stadiums, uh, Viger. We talked about BC Rain, uh, LaFleur, uh, Davidson, how excited they are. And they'll be starting up in their new stadiums coming up this, this current year. With this stadium, when it's built, they're looking hopefully for August of, of 2024. And, you know, and there's nothing like having a, a, a stadium or a, a site on campus, Mark. The fact is, you know, you just walk right from the field house right out there to this spacious, spacious land they have out there. And eventually they'll have a baseball field out there, and uh, they've got the room, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a very cool – always always enjoy coming out here. We don't get here out here often enough. I remember last time we were out here, Lee, it was torrential downpour. It was one of our first stops in our – our uh, high school game days in the fall. Remember, it was it was oh, it was in August, and it was absolutely just I was, atrocious. My weather. feet were underwater. Yeah, I had the darnest time trying to find the place, I, and it took me double the time because of the rain. I couldn't see anything. Matt wasn't here. And I was in charge of opening up the vehicle, and I thought for sure I wasn't going to make it. I really did. And then I got here, and then I'm trying to negotiate the key into the uh, opening there while it's pouring (laughs) rain, okay? And and you you weren't even here at that time. You came a little bit later, and I was like, I, I was drenched. But, you know, memories, 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 you know, memories, you know, they, it's going to we think of all the good times we've had in broadcasting. I wouldn't say it's the worst experience I've ever had. I'm sure I've had worse than that. Better yet. Uh, oh, I know my one high school doing my second high school game ever in a torrential downpour with not being in a press box, just being in a uh, what they call a platform. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. My charts were finished by about two minutes into the game. I couldn't read them at all. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll switch gears, talk a little Alabama with uh, Chris Stewart, the voice of the Crimson Tide. He'll join us next. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Again, on location at Air Sports 1 on this Wednesday edition. We're out at St. Michael Catholic High School as they prepare for their groundbreaking. Stay with us right here on the board. squeezes it and Alabama for the first time since 2016 is headed to a super regional they'll meet the number one overall seed Wake Forest. hey it's 832 thanks for hanging with us on this Wednesday edition Mark and Lee we're in Air Sports one on the campus of St. Michael's ready for their groundbreaking ceremony that's coming up in about uh, 25 30 minutes or so on their uh, soccer and their football facilities appreciate them uh, having us out here, and of course, if you missed our interview with Philip Rivers, uh, you can always get us uh, wherever you find your uh, favorite podcast and listen back to your heart's content. Uh, continue with your comments in the app at wnsp.com, 
And, of course, big topics of conversation, uh, Nick Saban to Washington today, and, of course, Liv and PGA merging. Oh, yeah, and, uh, by the way, the European tour, too. Yeah, let's not forget them because we follow that very religiously, don't we? Like, did you even know there was such a thing? I did know. I didn't know that they were a part of this, and I'm not sure if you read any of the stories you would know either. Uh, they're, they're thinking that kind of backfired on them a little bit. Think, think about the people that, that run that. They're probably in there thinking, think of all the play we can get, guys. We're going to be in the headlines. Like the PR, it, nah, it's just kind of an after. Yeah, I'm sure if you look through the uh, agreement, you're not going to find much about the European uh, golf tour. But anyway, uh, the audio leading into what we hope would be a conversation with the voice of Alabama baseball, uh, Chris Stewart. The, their first game in the Super Regional is this Saturday, 11 a.m., and it's coming to you from Wake Forest, so that would be a noontime start there. And it will be televised on ESPN, so hopefully the Tide. They're two wins away from their first College World Series appearance since 1999, Mark. Yeah, and, and You were in school then, weren't you? In 99? Yeah, were you there? Yeah, that was it. I, I 98? I was out. All right, let's talk to Chris Stewart. Uh, he's followed Alabama baseball for years and years and years. Chris, good morning. How are you today? Man, I am, I am great. It's like... Uh, Turn back the clock for me. I am on here talking with you about Alabama baseball going to Super for the first time since 2010, trying to get back to Omaha for the first time in 25 years, and I'm doing it while standing in the one of the old gyms at Birmingham Southern College with my seventh grader getting ready to take part in a middle school team camp. I mean, oh, again, wow. it's Chris Stewart. This is your life. It is. Yeah, I, I only think back to hearing you talk about it, how I just couldn't wait for the regionals. And back then they, they had the regionals. They didn't have the super regionals at that time. And, of yeah. course, they've changed the format. But just, you know, I think it was like two or three times where one went away from getting there. And here you are now going into a super regional for a, a season. I don't think, you know, I had this conversation a while back. About three weeks ago or four weeks ago, if you were asked which team had a better chance to advance this far, the Alabama softball team or the baseball team, I think most people probably would have given the nod to the softball team. Well, yeah, and that's most years based on who and what they've been. Um, this baseball team was in a great position coming into the year. They weren't in a terrible position uh, a month ago, but a terrible thing happened that could have been completely disruptive. And to the credit of Jason Jackson, that coaching staff, and most importantly, those players, they didn't let it fall apart. And they finally got healthy and established on the mound. They never got their two best starters back, but the guys that were there and equipped to take over finally got in rhythm and got where they needed to be to help make this team one that was, again, number – this team was 20th in the country in the preseason, guys. They were number 20 in the nation in the D1Baseball.com preseason poll. The problem is that was only eight best among SEC teams, okay? So – it's hard to get a whole lot of attention within your league when you're eight, but that doesn't mean you're still not really good nationally. And Alabama was and is, and they've weathered tremendous storms and have gotten themselves in a position to to get uh, two wins from going somewhere that the program hasn't been in 25. 
So when you leave for Wake Forest, and, and then also to the tail end of that question, uh, you're facing the overall number one seed. I didn't see that coming because you usually don't see Wake Forest up there in baseball in the top five. But that being the story, when do you leave and when do you get a chance to see the field and everything? Yeah, I would. The team will fly tomorrow afternoon after they practice in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I had promised my daughter, who is going to do an internship in Rome, uh, and no, not Georgia, but she's going to Rome. I promised her for two months that I would take her to the airport in Atlanta on Thursday the 8th, and that's what I'm going to stick with. And the timing works out well. I can take her drive there and then drive on to uh, Winston-Salem afterwards. So I won't be with the team, but they they will practice again tomorrow afternoon in Tuscaloosa. Then they'll get on a plane. They'll go to uh, uh, fly to Winston-Salem and go through practice in a media event on Friday and then play Saturday at 11 a.m. and hopefully win that one and one more game at a time to be determined on, on Sunday um, and for the right to to go to Omaha and a Monday game, if necessary, would take place. But you, you hope it's a two games, very successful dog pile, and then go uh, go chase the title. Chris Stewart, the voice of Alabama baseball, is joining us this morning. So for you to get to 40-plus wins, amazing accomplishment in any for any team. That's, that's a lot of wins in baseball these days with more parity than ever. But for Wake Forest to get to 50, that's impressive. Yeah. Boy, it really is. And I haven't broken down their non-conference, but I know their league. And they won every series in the Atlantic Coast Conference, which is obviously a tremendous accomplishment. They put themselves in a great spot. Uh, they've earned the right to host. Uh, they haven't won a World Series. They've won a World Series, one more than Alabama, but it was 1955 when they did it. Uh it's it's a place that'll be packed, but I don't think it seats more than 4,000. The SEC has more than prepared Alabama for what they're going to face. And while Wake is a tremendous club, uh, Alabama's not afraid to play anybody right now. Doesn't mean the outcome will be what they want, but they won't be intimidated by what they face. When you face 20,000 uh, rabid LSU fans, and Bama lost all three games but competed with them there in a big way, um, when they were not at full strength, they will. They, and they've done the same thing in, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and, and other locations around the SEC. There's nothing that they'll see in, in uh, Winston-Salem other than what I think is an all-turf infield. Uh, and they've even played on that, I think, a time or two this year. So it'll be, it will be, I think, a great atmosphere, a great environment, and hopefully a great result for the Crimson Tide. Chris Stewart is our guest here on WNSP. Follow this man on Twitter, at Sports. I don't know what your contract is, but i got to believe that bonus or overtime clause kicks in if you're calling games after, I don't know, 11.30 at night? Uh, one would think. Well, there is a bonus. Jim Carabin, my boss and general manager of the Crimson Tide Sports Network, that I can drink whatever coffee I want, put it on there his cap. Go. That was my bonus. Yeah, it's crazy. It. It's, it's crazy that I mean, it's it's not unusual for games to go late into the night, but for you to have to do it on back-to-back -back nights, it's just that's, that's just very uh, unique set of circumstances there. Yeah, well, it was stupid that we were playing games at that time that were on a video stream only, 
when you yeah. can access it anytime. That's stupid enough. Thank you, NCAA and ESPN. But to <laughs> then you have the rain delay on top of it. Yeah. So that was pretty frustrating and tough. But, hey, we won. Not worried about it. We, we'd have played at midnight if we had to, 2 in the morning. Chris, you didn't have, when you came home, you didn't have your wife saying, like, where were you? What, what were you doing? Where, no. She, I was no, that, would have, that would have implied that she cared. So <laughs> that was like, going to happen. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you mean you were calling a baseball game at 1250? What do you, uh, you expect me to believe what that? Are you, what are you doing home so early, I think, was the problem. <laughs> so that, that's I've, 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 I've had that happen. I Unfortunately for me, I had to get up early and do one of those elimination games at 9 a.m. That's you, uh, luckily you didn't have that. No, thank God we didn't have to turn and go back again the next day. That would have that would that would not have been pleasant. So when you look back on this season, turning point was there a point where you felt you know what maybe this team has a shot at doing something. Well, I think when they came back and won the series against Vanderbilt, you know, you pop them 11 to 2 literally on the day that there's a change with your head coach. Because this was a top five Vanderbilt team when Alabama beat them. Beat them 11 to 2 on the day that everything blew up. And then turned around two days later in a low scoring, well pitched tight ball game, won on a Sunday to take the series. And then you follow that up with a series win on the road. I think that's when people went, okay, maybe, maybe so. Uh, this has been special to watch, guys. It's been, uh, it, it's not smoke and mirrors. It, it's been built from the start. Veteran roster, a ton of seniors who are really good players and, and really enjoyable to see where they are and who they are. Six SEC schools are in super regions. I'd like to get your take on that. Are you surprised, or uh, did you think even more would get in? We, we had four that didn't get in, uh, but six are going of the 16. I'm not surprised that they've had the level of success that they've had. Uh, it's a great league. It's the best in the country. You're battle-tested. When you get wins, you're doing it against quality competition you're going to get credit for it they play in a tough schedule out of conference uh, it's there are a lot of ways to build your resume and they've earned it they've earned it in a big way hey chris we always appreciate you coming aboard man uh enjoy the ride it sounds like it's been a good one and uh, we'll be in touch i look forward to it guys thanks so much bye, -bye. that's that's chris stewart ladies and gentlemen all right one final segment of the day a uh, little news uh, for all you uh, gamers out there. EA Sports. Um, all this talk about a college football game coming back, right? Well, looks like the uh, college football PA is actually organizing a boycott of the actual 2024 EA Sports college football game. I'll explain why when we come back and we'll wrap up another edition of the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com Hey this is Dabo Sweeney and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 
of the day. want to thank all the fine folks here at St. Michael for having us out here and broadcasting uh, in Air Sports 1. Their ceremony for the uh, groundbreaking, getting ready to take place is, uh, for the football and the soccer facility out here. Our thanks to Philip Rivers uh, and, of course, Simon Cordopassi for having us out here today. If you missed any of our show today, which include Tony Ruggiero on Live and, uh, and PGA Murder, uh, you can find us wherever you find uh, your favorite podcast. Uh, all right. Uh, what, before we go, Lee, it appears the college football uh, PA, for lack of a, a better uh, better term, is actually organizing a boycott of the. I know this is big in your house. The 2024 EA Sports College Football Video Game. The reason. Guys, the payout for athletes, right? The whole reason there is no college football game is because athletes weren't being paid for their name, image, and likeness. Well, now they are, but they're roughly expected to be paid $500 each for their name, image, and likeness. And according to the CFBPA, they should not opt into it. It is just a ridiculously low number amount of money. And this is what we talked about. To me, this was always an issue with NIL and opening up the door to pay athletes. You want to get paid. Yes, we want to get paid. All right, how does this sound? No, that's not enough. It's never going to be enough. So, again, if you get distraught, if you get frustrated because there's no college football game on your favorite, on your PlayStation or your Xbox, no, that's the reason. Or why your favorite player isn't in. Well, that's the why. limited knowledge I have on these games because uh, you're you're right. It's not a major uh, uh, point of interest in our household since I don't have any kids anymore living with us. But uh, this money, this 500, doesn't that just that supposedly just goes to the players that are in the game, right? That right. Are, well, right. They're paying for their. Well, name so, okay. Fine. Life. I understand that. So why not then go to some backups? Go to the players that aren't highly recognizable because well you play the game you play the yeah, game so you can be have, that guy right? yeah but can't you you still have guys in uniforms sure. but maybe they don't have to be the stars of the team because not i mean let's face it each squad has 85 to 100 players so right but you're not playing madden just so you can play a football video game you're playing madden so you can be lamar jackson or patrick mahomes or whoever right this you want to be right Who? so same thing you want to be bryce young yeah or you know or whoever name your favorite favorite college football player not so you can be the generic little guy running around but don't you think touchdowns. people play just because of the teams themselves like you know they went to a certain school or wanted to go to not a certain so school in fact the report was in this version of the game they were going to add a transfer portal so you can <laughs> you can grab guys out of the portal oh come on I swear it's, that's it's true that's getting too that but, that's but to heavy my point though so they were going to have roughly like five million dollars in the neighborhood of five million dollars as a pool to pay athletes to be a part of this game and so it, as it turns out it, it winds up it's it's going to be about five. It's going to be five hundred dollars per athlete, and it's just again, it's the same old, same old. It's never going to be enough. And what I think it's missed on in this college football video game genre here is guys want to be in this game. Like they want, they want, they want to play their. They how cool would it be to play a video game where you're actually in the video game? Like they and they don't be have to do anything but just collect five hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean they got. What do go, they have to do? They don't have to go do on a photo shoot. Or I'm sure they got to go through some of the some of the. Uh, well, they put these suits I, you on. Know, every, and, and like the, I say, the, the time is different. Like I say, if it was me, I'd take the 500, go for it. Yeah, you're right. I'd do it for free. Wouldn't you, guys, wouldn't you, 
if you if you knew there was going to be a number one top selling video game in the country on any given week or month or year, wouldn't you want to be in that game? Whether it's whether it's Madden or college football or or 2K or or Grand Theft Auto or whatever Fortnite, I mean whatever whatever you're playing, wouldn't you want to be a part of that? And the answer is, of course you would be. And I think that's 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 the frustrating part for average Joes like me or whoever. They don't. We can't comprehend that, man. Some things there's just good PR. So uh, Caleb Williams would be uh, objecting to this that they're not giving him enough money. He's already getting plenty of money to go to Southern Cal anyway. Um, yeah. And when it comes to you know name players, I think of him right off the bat. You know another story we didn't really get to, and I don't know if it's ever going to take place, but it's 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 worth noting. The former president, uh, the latest version of the USFL, is launching a spring football league. Oh, that's what we need another spring football league. But this is for high school players. He said his prep Super League, this is Brian Woods, will begin next season with a six-week season. He said the league will use NCAA playing rules, will operate independent of high school state athletic associations, giving players a chance to profit off their name, image, and likeness without any restrictions. A spring football league with high school players. So... This is such a bad idea in so many ways. I, I know. can't even. Uh, so, is there an age limit? I'd have to go deeper into this. Uh, so, th- there's no way this is for for graduating. This seniors. would be eligible. Players would be eligible to participate in the league only if they're enrolled in an accredited middle or high school curriculum curriculum and live in one of the league's 12 markets. Uh, Wood said he planned to uh, target prospects entering their sophomore or junior years of high yeah. school this fall. And the cities that are mentioned, Atlanta, Cleveland, Dallas, Houston, New Jersey, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Miami, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, and Tampa. Wow. Well, um, you know, it all comes back to one thing, and we've talked about it all day. M-O-N-E-Y. Money, man. Whether it's, the, whether it's live in the PGA, whether it's high school athletics, whether it's EA Sports, whether it's Nick Saban going to Washington today, it all, it is all about one thing. And I, 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 you can't even be mad at it because, like I said, if you put yourself in their shoes, would you? Would you? It's easy to sit here and say you would act differently, but would you? I mean, if you were a kid that got a chance to make money as a 16-year-old high school ba- football player, would you go play a, a spring season? Absolutely you would consider it. If you were a college athlete and you had a chance to make a million dollars if you went to one school over another simply from NIL deals, would you not do it? Well, if my- you were a professional golfer and could make ten times what you're making now to play uh, shorter events, wouldn't you consider doing it? If you, uh, and these are questions, I mean, I just read this story. So if you're a high school player in one of these 12 major markets and you want to participate, you go in as a junior and you're getting paid, does that make you ineligible for your senior year? I, I don't know the rules in each I, state. I don't I don't think it does anymore with, in the world of NIL. I think back in the day it would because now your, your student, your, your, your amateur a, uh, status has now been questioned. But in the world of NIL where guys are getting NIL deals in high school now, I, I don't think – I don't think it would affect it. 
it's a it's a it's a very different world than it was. You know, I'm like in, I'm like Kevin Costner in draft day. It's a very different world than it was 30 seconds ago. Uh, thank Tonight? you, Matt. Dynamite drive back. That was that was Matt Young. That's Look right. Him. That huge apple there. I, you got any more of those around? Wait, Come I've never on. seen Matt actually no, eat a piece neither. of fruit. I know. What is going on here? Where'd you get that? Are you okay? Are you sick? Is that part of the no. uh, groundbreaking? No, man, listen. You God, go out and pick a fly uh, no, off I've, a tree? I've lost 25 pounds in the past month and a half. So, Where'd and you it's, go? Like exactly. Well, most Over of it. Here, right? from, yeah. I was going to say most of it from areas I didn't want to leave, but um, but yeah, man, I'm just cut back on the carbs and the sugars and trying to do more natural fruits and a lot of water. Plus, there's that whole kickboxing thing that I'm doing, you know, which is interesting. You and Lee kickboxing. Oh, Let's do Lee, it. come on, man. You couldn't stay with me, could you? <laughs> Seriously? Probably not. Probably not. Hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. So you, go, so you you go home to the kids and, and they'll say, what do you mean? You lost to a 76-year-old man right, who can yeah. barely move? I don't I don't know. We might, uh, we might we might not want to do that, Mark. I don't know. Don't. we got to make up T-shirts. That's it. Yep. Float like a butterfly, sting, sting like, like a leaf. I love it. Oh, I like that. I do, too. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, game three tonight. Uh, Denver at Miami tonight. Yeah. Pivotal game three. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how if Miami continues with the defensive rotations it did in game two, but I can't imagine Denver's going to continue to struggle from the field like they did in game in game two. So Just I hope it's Denver. competitive. You know, I like what the last one yeah. was too. The last yeah. was a good game. One one eleven one away is a good game. I about I about fell out. Michael Bronner is actually here on the yeah. property yeah. before nine o'clock. Yeah. I don't think I've ever not, not, seen him. Not, not much before nine no, o'clock. No, no. But, but somebody promised him NAL money I, I or something. Think something. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I I just he's actually doing some work. He's in Ooh. charge of the bulldozers. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> now he's here. I don't know if he's doing work. Okay. He's holding okay. His phone. He he just came. He gave us a thumbs up and then ran right over to where they're getting ready for everything. Yeah. But it was nice that he stopped by to right. say hello. Don't yeah, you well, think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. And you're back on the air today. Man, I am back on 92 Zoo. Uh, took a little trip to Pittsburgh. My nephew graduated, so it was great to be back at Beaver Area Senior High. Do they remember Pause. you up there? Uh, yeah, believe it or not, a couple people back did. In man, Beaver Area. Beaver, is that what you Beaver said? Beaver Area Senior man, High. What we were you the... do on your own time is your own business, guy. <laughs> so, would, would they recognize you from back so, when? Some people. My, I did run into my old uh, offensive line coach. who said, "Man, I wish you'd have been that big back in the day." Wow. I was like, "Thank Coach Snicker." Yeah. I don't know how to take that. Thanks. So, two, and you looked at him and said, two hits. Yeah. Me hitting you, you, you hit hitting the, the ground. That's right, baby. Nothing between you and me, but aired opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but hang on, let me catch my breath. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, again, our special thanks to the fine folks here at St. Michael's. Of course, Matt, Nick back at the uh, studios at WNSP. For Lee, I'm Mark. We're back at it tomorrow at 6 a.m. Until then, see ya.